Hello, world, and welcome back to the Morning Geekdom Podcast. As always, I am your host, Anthony Matulin, and today I am joined by Robin Tyler. On today's podcast, we discuss a film celebrating its 40th anniversary, The Empire Strikes Back. The Empire Strikes Back. The Star Wars saga continues. The rebels are there, and I'm sure Skywalker is with me. He will join us or die. The rebel forces battle the Empire and Darth Vader. Join me. Don't make me destroy you. The Empire Strikes Back. All right, guys. In full transparency, full disclosure here, I'm terrified to do this podcast. Super nervous. Super, 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 super intimidated. Rob, how do you feel? <laughs> yeah, buddy. I feel that it's it's a good place to put a precursor of like you got three guys that really love this movie. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for like an angry debate of why this is not a great movie, you're probably not gonna find it right now. Okay. But there's a lot of pressure that is going on with this one. And like I even researched this one. I have mm-hmm. notes. Which tells you how like serious I'm taking this one. I mean, I think there there, there can be a couple. There'll probably be a couple little debates here and there, right? Sure. Always. I don't know that it's going to be. There's there's not going to be any negativity about this movie from me. So let's just get that right out of the way. None. <laughs> Tyler, are you? And I don't. You know, maybe not the like genuine like circle jerk that we would expect, but still, it will be like you know, a lot of praise. We'll see. Tyler, are you excited yeah. about this? Nervous? Yeah. I'm not nervous. No, I'm I'm expecting a full-on circle jerk. I don't know what you're talking about. This is a movie (laughs) we all love. Like you said, Rob, this is one of the, if not the most important or most cherished movies of our lives. So if if I'm not here for a circle jerk, then what am I here for? (laughs) That might be that might be the quote on the social media uh, post. Uh, so Perfect. Episode 150, man. This is a Ooh. 150 episodes of the Morning Geekdom. So I thought this Bananas. being the we're not going to get to 200 obviously this year, and this being mm. the 40th anniversary of Empire, I thought, fuck, man, we got to do it. If if not now, when? Yep. Right. Because I mean, let's be honest, we're probably not going to be around in five years. So the 45th <laughs> anniversary. <laughs> Not going to work. Wait, wait, the podcast or we as a ra- human race? I mean, a little column Jesus. A, a little column B, Tyler. <laughs> okay. I think we'll be fine. We'll be fine. <laughs> sure. Um, so I watch <laughs> this movie. I watch it all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I say I watch it all the time, it's on. I don't know the last time I actually sat down and watched it. Um, I watched it last night for the first time uh, in, a, in a little while, I think, and in 4K. First time mm-hmm. I've watched it completely in 4K. I am in love with this movie. Mm. To me, it, it's obviously my number one movie of all time. It's one of only a handful of perfect movies, in my opinion. It is... I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed watching it last night, trying to be critical, trying to think about things in ways that I haven't about the movie because of the pod. And I was just so, so happy to watch it last night. Tyler, it- you watched it recently, I'm assuming. You watched it a couple weeks ago, I think you said. Yeah, I watched it a couple weeks ago, and same type of thing where I've watched this movie dozens upon dozens of times, um, and almost always for for pure entertainment, and never with specific questions in mind, which I did this time, and so, um, but I wasn't worried that I'm going to pick up on some weaknesses or some flaws here and there, because it's, 
it probably is a perfect movie and so it was the same amount of enjoyment but i think me paying attention even more closely than i used to made me like it even more yeah um made me i forget what other movie i was um that we discussed on the pod but i'd never really thought of it as like a film you know to use a a hoity-toity word and hmm. and this one as a film is is just amazing and so I've I viewed it with through that lens as a film for probably the first time and it's just it's so it's still incredibly entertaining but just outstanding from start to finish what I love about this movie specifically and there's other movies that I feel the same way about is you watch it and it feels like it just came out a couple mm-hmm. years ago yeah there's not, there's no fashion, no haircuts that are going to put it in a certain time or certain um, era. Now, granted, some of the effects aren't amazing, but even those are still to the point where you're like, I, that doesn't take me out of the movie. Right. There's a couple shots of the Tauntaun. Um, there's a couple shots of the uh, the speeders, the snow speeders that you're like, okay, clearly not, not you know, 21st century uh, <laughs> special effects, but... It doesn't take you out of the movie. Yeah. Rob, you're 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 nodding in agreement. Yeah, I'm 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 all over the place with this. I I watch I watch this movie all the time. From start um, to finish, though? it is constantly on. No, r- rarely okay. start to finish. Rarely do I sit down to kind of watch it. I I do get locked in. Um, my kids separately within the past like couple of years have gone through their like Star Wars phases. So they would just have it on, and I would kind of come in and watch it. And then, you know, most recently, Owen was going through it pretty hardcore, so it would be on. If you'd flipping through, it's like TNT had it on all the time. I would kind of, like, watch little bits of it here and there. But I watched it this morning for the first time, like, sat down and, like, watched it in probably a good couple of years. Um, but the other thing that I had on this morning that I haven't is, like, because I'm an old man now, and I ha- live with people that are so fucking loud... <laughs> Um, this only so loud you can make a TV before it becomes like a hazard. So I have closed <laughs> captioning on everything because I can't like understand what the fuck is going on on the of TV. Of course you do. So by default, <laughs> like on Disney Plus, like I have closed captioning on. So I watched Empire this morning, seven o'clock. Everyone was dead to the world, including the dog. Um, but I watched it with closed captioning, so I really got to kind of pay attention a little bit more. Um, I wasn't getting. I, of course, you're sucked in. Of course, I'm sucked mm-hmm, in. Right. But I, with the closed captioning, it does help kind of remove you a little bit from, like, getting locked in on particular things. Like, I did very much kind of follow it in a different kind of vein. But um, it's – it's everything you just said is absolutely true. There's there's very few things short of, like, one or two haircuts that will, like, date the thing. Sure. Um, and it, everything is so forgivable. To this day, I'm sitting there watching um, the ad at walking – and in my head, you know, for someone who knows how this stuff kind of like happens, for the, like on an elementary level anyway, um, that's still that stuff still looks great. Like the that level of stop motion on the walkers to this day holds up. The Tauntaun totally because it's like an organic sure. thing. But like there are a lot of things in this movie. And then the other parts, like I don't care. Like it doesn't it doesn't take me out of the movie. So it's still I, I agree a, a flawless movie. Rob, One of. Rob, let me ask you a question right off the bat. Are you sure. able to tell the level of someone's fandom if they refer to it as an Adat or an Imperial Walker? <laughs> Usually the better question is, can you tell the level of fandom when they tell you which is their favorite Star Wars movie? 
and it's Return of the Jedi. <laughs> or it's like, I really like the one with the little kid. But like, it, Imperial Walkers, that was like, not to derail it again, but we're watching, Haley was like, eight, maybe three years old. Star Wars Empire Strikes Back is on the TV. And she's walking by the TV, and we're like in the kitchen doing whatever like parents do while the kids are walking around. And little three-year-old Haley points at the TV. It's like, look, Daddy, an Imperial Walker. Oh, boy. And I'm like, what? <laughs> don't they refer to them? And there was... Don't they refer to them as Imperial Walkers in the movie? They do. They yes, never absolutely. refer to them as ADATs. They do. No. So I feel like if you no. know what an ADAT is, you fucking have the toy. Sure. Yep. And you're a oh, fucking yeah. nerd. <laughs> absolutely. It, but still, these little, my, this little like proud moments of your yeah. kids, that's a great example of it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, when I watched it last night, I Nicolette was uh, Violet had just gone to bed, and Nick was like in the kitchen doing something, and I just paused it. And I'm like, "How long are you gonna be? Like, how long are you? Are you almost done? Because you need to go upstairs." Because I was like, "Are you gonna sit here and watch it with me and enjoy it, or are you gonna like do stuff around the house?" And she's like, "Well, I need to pick this," and I'm like, mm, "Let's just." Take care of that in the morning. Can you just go upstairs? <laughs> you sit into a room. Can you leave me alone for a little while? Yeah, and I was like, two and a half hours. Please. Make sure you turn. Well, then I watched the documentary after, so Jeez. it was a long. Ah. I was like, hey, turn off the lights. Like, go upstairs. And Harry was like, I'm fucking out of here too. So I just sat there <laughs> for for two and a half hours and 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 watched uh, Empire Strikes Back, and I couldn't have been more thrilled for you. to spend my Saturday nice. evening like that. Beautiful. Need a little me time. You need it, dude. Yeah. And then I was like, ooh, Absolutely. should I throw in another one? <laughs> like can I can I Ooh. fit in Return of the Jedi right now? Can I can I do it? And just could couldn't do it. Weak. All right. And then also like how late is it? Yeah. Like what kind of time commitment you're dealing with? Well, the thing is now anything not to derail this, but anything any time I spend awake at night, I'm going to suffer in the morning because obviously Violet is going to wake up. So if I go to bed at midnight, she doesn't fucking care. She's still waking up at 6. Hmm. Right. So <laughs> that's my that's the constant trade-off. I'm like, eh, is it worth it? So watching watching Return of the Jedi last night was not going to be worth it. Aww. Tonight. You Maybe. send, send Nicola to go. a room early again. No, man. We're watching uh, The Tax Collector tonight. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> All right. Let's not get... Look, this is a movie about Empire Strikes Back. We're not talking about The Tax that's right. Collector. Fine. Uh, would anybody like to hear my least favorite synopsis from IMDb ever? Even, yes. even worse than Clueless? Clueless was bad. Yeah. It was real bad. This is terrible to me oh, because okay. they just need to do a fucking better job. Because, again, <laughs> I was asking Rob pre-podcast, the, 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 the title crawl has the synopsis. <laughs> now, granted, it's three yeah. paragraphs or you know whatever it is. Not three full paragraphs, but it's, it's what, a paragraph with eight or nine sentences? Like, sure. They, can, they could have condensed it to do better than this. Here it is. After the Rebels are brutally overpowered by the Empire on the ice planet Hoth, Luke Skywalker begins Jedi training with Yoda, while his friends are pursued by Darth Vader and a bounty hunter named Bubba Fett all over the galaxy. It's half the movie. Like, it, it gives you enough. At no point do I need Bubba Fett, Boba Fett, <laughs> no. however you want to pronounce it, do I need him in the synopsis. No. Because no. I got some shit to talk about that man <laughs> in this pod. <laughs> So do I. Oh. He just doesn't need to be in the synopsis at all, I don't think. No. But that's just, yeah, I I've, I read that and I was like, I don't ever think of this movie like that. It's, it's I mean, on some level it's accurate and doesn't give away too much, but yeah, it's it's not the best. It's not inaccurate by any means. 
It's just, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't give you, it doesn't tell you what the movie's about, if that makes sense. Like it, it literally tells you. No, it's you giving you more like about. commentary. Yeah, exactly. It literally yeah. tells you what it's about, but it misses everything else. And I don't know how you're supposed to write a synopsis for one of the greatest movies of all time <laughs> and, sure. and encompass like what the movie is about, but this didn't do it. Yeah. The continuing adventures of Luke Skywalker and the Rebel Alliance against the evil empire. Hey, when did Luke... I'm just going to start asking questions because this is going to be an organic sure. conversation. It's probably going to go a long time. When did he become like a fucking general or like a... What is he in the... in the? Uh... He's commander, isn't he? Hey, he commander is commander. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, commander. They make it seem like he's high ranking, right? Yeah, from, from how I understand it, again... All right, so we're we're in a weird place here. So I know you don't like this, but I I there's a lot of like shit in my head from like books and comic books, sure. particularly with this movie. So if you ask me a question like that, I have like the <laughs> EU. Yeah, but so do I. <laughs> answer so to do you. I. But like the general right, so public. Look, hold on, the general public is not going to go into canon. So I don't know how much canon no. we want to go into with this. Sure. Let's uh, if we're going to leave it light and fluffy, let's assume that both. Han Solo and Luke Skywalker are now regarded very highly in the Rebel Alliance sure. because they're high-profile win at the 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 Death Star's destruction. Mm-hmm. So they're going to move up that chain, especially when they're BFFLs with uh, Princess Leia. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, I'm sure they're just throwing ranks out there to anybody. Got it, because Solo is a captain. They call him Captain sure. Solo. Even Boba Fett calls him Captain Solo, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay, and then... Luke is a what, Rob, you said? Commander. Commander. Commander Skywalker. Yeah. So, like, Solo is a captain because he's got his own ship. Oh, I'm sorry, so yes. He's, he's also know. commander, though. Because they the general refers to him as Commander Solo, does he not? I can't remember. I don't remember. I don't remember. Ty, do you remember? I don't remember, no. Yeah, I'm almost I'm, positive. I'm going... I, I'm almost positive when he's talking to also when he's asking like have you seen Luke and he's asking all the grunts of the the resistance sure. of the rebels I almost am positive they call him commander as well. Okay. I don't know. You got me on this one. The the I know God Lando's a general in Jedi but that's as far as I go. <laughs> yeah, how did that sad <laughs> sack ranks. of shit become a general, by the way? I love Lando. Well, he had a like, cape. So general? If, if you have capes, then you kind of move your way a lot faster. I guess. All right. And you're totally into robots. Was this movie, Rob, directed by George Lucas? No, sir. This movie was directed by George Lucas's professor, uh, Mr. Irvin Kirshner. Who also directed RoboCop Two? <laughs> how many people do you think? <laughs> Another amazing sequel. How many people do you think think that this movie was directed by George Lucas? Of the general public, probably about eighty percent of them. Okay, that's about right. I would say, yeah. Let me ask you this question, and I'll I'll start with Tyler. Does this movie work if Lucas directs it? Um, well, you know, I know now that he did the prequels, and I would say absolutely not. But um, I'm doubting myself in this in the moment now he directed a new hope though yes right correct yeah directed so, it yeah. and wrote it and said that directing it was like one of the worst experiences no writing it he hated okay he essentially said it was tedious to write it so i think that i'm less inclined to say it would not be it would not be as good if he directed it because the new hope a new hope was very very good movie and maybe sure. in this you know three years after the fact he could have still 
gotten it right with Empire, but I'm so glad it was Irvin Kirshner. So reading and watching some Irvin Kirshner interviews, he one of the things he was most reluctant about when he said he was going to do this or at first didn't want to do this movie was obviously because of the the success of A New Hope. Mm. But then he also says, hey, I have all of this. I have this movie that's essentially a downer and there needs to be some levity in it. And, but I can't have gags. I can't have yeah. jokes. So he puts those moments in with Han Solo and the slight humor that he, you know, his sarcastic humor where it's not over the top. I think that if Lucas directs this movie, those moments fall flat because he doesn't understand how to get that out of his actors. His idea is it's written on the page. You should know how to do this because I wrote it. Yeah. Not let me help. Let me coach this out of you. Let me direct this out of you. So I think that if Lucas directs this movie, it's a different movie. Now, he wrote it, and there's some debate on if he wrote the whole thing or he took the first draft, which Rob, his friend, wrote, correct? Who died of cancer. He, Yeah, Lee Brackett was a sci-fi writer, right. and she wrote the first draft. Um, which is all over the place. Then he gave it... Yeah, yeah, and supposedly that from what I have read, I've never read that, but what I've, I've read about the critique of it is that it's so super fu- sci-fi... Mm-hmm. That there's like no humanity to it. It's just like a very rough structure. And from what I understand, Lucas kind of took it, gave it a little bit more structure as far as the themes go, right. as far as the love story and Darth Vader. But then it wasn't until Lawrence Kasdan got it that really it gave it more kind of like form to like the Empire that we know. Yeah. And it's really, you know, as you said, if if Lucas directed this, it would have been a blooming nightmare. <laughs> Um, because the one thing I think we could kind of all agree on, even if you like, if you're not super into this movie, if you look at the nine movies, shit, I would say if you look at the eleven movies, mm-hmm. this is the best acted movie, yes. and he's pulling performances out of people that really have no business doing as well as they are in certain scenes. So it's, I think, Kirshner had a lot of things going for him. He had a very vivid um, film history. Um, kind of encyclopedia in his head, just like Lucas did, but he knew how to interpret it a little bit more. He knew how to speak to his actors, and he also knew what to focus on. So he kind of let the the you know the special effects stuff happen, but the more important pieces is what was really kind of poured into that movie, yeah. and that was the story of people. And Lucas wouldn't have done that. The, the performances that Kirshner pulls out of Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, and James Earl Jones... Yep. I don't think it's coming from from Lucas, especially with Ford. After watching it last night and trying to be more critical, I think this is the most charming and enjoyable Harrison Ford performance out of any movie, even o- over the Indiana Jones. He is so great in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I know that you know he's completely supporting. He's a supporting character in this. Um, but if he's not who he is, if he doesn't give the charming, sarcastic funny performance he gives this movie doesn't work you get return of the jedi right so yeah speaking of so some of the stuff i was reading about the first uh the first round of the script or the first go round for the the original script it was super sci-fi but they were going to bring back one of the big things was they were going to have anakin as this force ghost that trains luke now whether that's Mm -hmm. true or not that's what i was reading Rob, have you read any of that? No, that's that's news to me. From from the stuff that I've read, again, take it with a grain of salt. Right. Um, 
Lucas's intent was always that, you know, Vader had some sort of connection to Anakin, but I've never heard Anakin coming back and training anybody. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was like, so I was like, hold on. So Anakin's going to, because in the original script, it doesn't say, obviously, I, we were going to bring it up later, but in the original script, it doesn't say that Anakin or Darth Vader is Luke's father. Huh. No. In the original Empire script, it doesn't, they took that out. And then they told Mark Hamill, like, right before he filmed the scene, oh. hey, this is what actually you need to react to. Wow. And David Prowse, who is doing the acting, is not going to, he does not know that Darth Vader is your father. He's going to say something different, but you have to give the performance as if he just told you, I'm your father. No way. Yeah. He gave, the, the line they fed him was, Obi-Wan killed your father. Obi-Wan killed your father. Yeah. yeah. And Shit. so you can hear David Prowse, because David Prowse is, is speaking the lines throughout the film. And yeah, he says, Obi-Wan killed your father. And and that that they had to film that scene. I forget how many times Kirshner said because they were having to get that out of Hamill, who just read yeah. okay, or he's just been told like this isn't the script. What it says in the script, that's not what's going to happen. That's fucking badass. I never yeah, knew so, that. <laughs> yeah, so they had to do that scene. I forget how many times Kirshner said, but multiple times to be able to get that out of Hamill because he had to, you know he had read the script and that's what it was going to say. And the only people who knew that was. Uh, Kirshner, Lucas, and I guess the producers. Nobody else. The scripts all said, yeah. Obi-Wan killed your father. Yeah. Yeah. And and Prowse was super pissed about that. Well, he thinks huh. he should be Darth Vader. And I have some yeah. shit to talk about with that later. Huh. <laughs> and even to the point where I, I believe uh, James Earl Jones also said when he recorded it, he didn't believe it. He thought that that wasn't real. Mm-hmm. He thought that they were just, that was Vader trying to manipulate Luke and that they're in, you know, in return of the Jedi, they're going to course correct that where he was just lying. He thought that that wasn't going to be real. Huh? Right. Okay. Which is what made that moment so much better because it is layered like that. So you got to imagine. So like when I was a kid and I saw this, I did not, I think I was old enough because when I saw this, I was, I mean, it was, I was three when the movie came out. So obviously I didn't say it. But when I was a kid to watch Empire, I had already known, like, culturally Mm -hmm. that Vader was his father. But I imagine if I was, like, 10 years old or, like, 12 years old and I'm watching that and I'm trying to, like, focus and, like, comprehend what the hell just happened, of course I'm going to immediately dismiss it. Oh, my God, Darth Vader's totally lying to him. And I think that's what they really kind of played on in the public. Yeah. Again, to be – what a time to be alive Mm -hmm. between Empire and Jedi. Oh, my God. There was a little bit of not not to go off on a Harry pa- Harry Potter tangent here, but there's a little bit of that when when Dumbledore dies in the sixth book, that you're like, there's no fucking way they just killed him. Hmm. Where I had to read that part a couple times because I was like, there's no way that they would have just killed him. It, she, you know, he's he's arguably like the second or third most important character in that whole series, mm-hmm. and nobody you thought would ever die, and then for them to kill him. You're just like, what the fuck? So that's how I kind of relate. Because obviously I didn't see this in the theaters. I was, I don't know, six months old. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I don't remember the first time I watched it. So I don't remember what kind of impact that had on me. Um, but yeah, I can't imagine like going into the movie, that happening and just being like, what the fuck? It would have been amazing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So as I mentioned, 40, 40 year anniversary came out in 1980. May, I believe May 21st. 1980, uh, 94% critics on Rotten Tomatoes, 97% audience. 
Thanks. Rob, before I tell you the budget and the gross, which I'm sure you know yeah. or you have an understanding, do you consider this sure. an independent movie? It is an independent movie. Um, it's not technically from what considered. I understand. It's not technically considered an independent movie because it, we, he had distribution and backing from 20th Century oh, Fox. Oh, gotcha. But yeah, but all the it. money was the money he made. Exactly. Yeah, it was his. That's what made this movie such like a risk because all of not only his career but like Lucasfilm kind of um, rested on the success of this movie. They put everything down. So yeah, he he had the distribution. The distribution. If he if he walked around with the canisters himself, <laughs> then it would have been a true independent movie. <laughs> but there was no fucking way the Star Wars sequel was going to have that. So yeah, Tyler, but yeah, I mean it's debatable. Tyler, in nineteen eighty, how much do you think this movie cost to make? I have no real idea. I'm going to throw out a number. I'm going to say seventy five million dollars. 33 million and that is i believe 10 million over budget wow <laughs> made 557 million jesus and its first release the first run yeah correct correct so yeah. 33 million i got this movie comes out now it's a 300 million dollar movie yeah easy because i i gotta i gotta imagine obviously they're not doing models they're going to be doing all special effects, all digital effects. Mm-hmm. It's going to it's going to balloon this movie. And I think if this movie came out today with the digital effects, which I want to talk about a little bit with all the, you know, additions that that Lucas has made, um I don't know if this movie still looks the same and feels the same if you don't have no. the models and all the practical effects. I think we I think we saw that with Phantom Menace when they replaced Yoda with a digital mm-hmm. Yoda. And it looked so terrible that they had to go back in and have since put in a puppet version of Yoda. Rob. Yeah, but that's the thing is, so like with with Empire, when it came out, there was so much riding on Yoda. Sure. That if the audience does not believe that this is a real thing, if they dismiss it as a puppet or they dismiss it as like, you know, just a ridiculous prop, there's no way the movie is going to work. And that was the thing is like it was there was so much energy poured into that one character, like top to bottom, the guy who made it, the guy who performed it, the guy who voiced it, I mean, the same people. But the thing is, like they wouldn't put that level of concentration in that right now. Yeah. Like there would be something that was lost, especially in like lighting and how it's shot and how Mark Hamill is communicating with it. I mean, you could see that in um, Last Jedi. Was it Last Jedi that Yoda was? It's yeah, terrible. Last yeah, Jedi yeah. with the shit anymore. That it's like it doesn't work in Last Jedi. How could it work so well mm-hmm. in Empire, and then you know, thirty-eight years later or whatever it happens to be, it can't work in like the modern age? I don't know if they make this movie now. Hmm. Like, the, certainly they'll make a sequel to like a movie, a big budget movie, yeah. of course. But they don't make this movie. There's no way this movie would be overly boring. It wouldn't have enough special effects on it. There wouldn't be enough people in it. Like, there's no way this movie would have been made. Well, it's interesting. So you you think Yoda still works. So you watch it now, Yoda still works. Does Yoda still work? Yoda still works. But does Yoda still work because of our nostalgia for it? And and we know what to expect? Or does... does I'm trying to think how to, how to phrase this. Yeah. No, I know what you're saying. Yeah. There is a certain level of... Um, what do they say when you're, like, dealing with, like, a magician? Like, you can't overthink it too, too of much. Of course. Yeah, you know it's Suspension a Suspension of disbelief. Yeah, like, you know yeah, it's, it's a puppet. Sure, but the thing is, it has a level of how they play it. Sure, there's a level of affection and nostalgia in it, 
But even as I watched it this morning, how they shot it was so well done. I agree. That it was, it, it handled it in such a way, and then if Mark Hamill can kind of deal with it in a believable way, then that's what's going to make it work, and he did. So I think Yoda works, and you know we're going to. I, th- I think later, I think we're all going to want to talk about Yoda quite a bit in a lot of the categories. Yoda works for two reasons to me. One, obviously, Frank Oz's performance. Not so much from the puppetry because he's only handling certain aspects of the puppet. That the the Yoda puppet had what four people working it. I think eyes, yeah. arms, ears, and actually you you know doing the actual puppetry and mouth. And obviously, yeah. he just did the puppetry. Like arm up him and then the the mouth. I don't know what you can what you call that, but his performance, his the dialogue he delivers, mm-hmm. the tone of voice, his voice in general works. But Mark Hamill does such a good job and such a believable job of acting with this mm-hmm. thing that it makes mm-hmm. it work. So it's really a credit yep. on Mark Hamill, which I would have never said, and I don't think I have ever <laughs> thought about until watching it this time how good Mark Hamill is in those scenes with Yoda. For sure. I think if I was to go into the head of a very young Mark Hamill is like, I imagine in his life and career, this movie was such a big deal um, that he had to make it work. So not only did he have all the pressure coming from Star Wars, I think there was a little glimmer like this is what I got. (laughs) But on top of that, he also just got married and he had his first child. Yeah. Like all the same time that Empire is happening. So, like, I think that guy just poured all of that into this thing. Like, if I don't make it work, um, you know, I'm fucked. But, you know, luckily he, he figured that one out. Yeah, there is also when you watch the documentary and you can read some stuff about this is how depressed he was during the filming of those scenes with Yoda because he would be the only person on the call sheet Yeah, for, like, weeks, if not months. It would just be Mark Hamill and everybody else was underground performing Yoda or it would be fucking snakes, which I got a lot of issues with the amount of snakes on Dagobah. Uh, But that's all it would be. So he would be acting by himself for weeks, if not months. And he said it fucking wore him out, man. It sucked. So I I wonder if that, if he was able to channel that into this performance, because noticing last night when I was watching it, there's a lot of times where he's not likable as Luke, which is the first time I've ever thought about that. But he's not likable. Yeah. He's pouty. He's whiny. For he's sure. aggressive. He's entitled. And I, I don't know if that's what he was feeling at that time. Well, he's whiny in A New Hope, too. I think that's that's just whether that was supposed to be part of you know, a main trait of this character. I, I yeah. don't know. But, yeah, he he's still comes across as whiny. I did think he gave a better performance in this movie for sure. But one thing I, I, I wondered is he's – He's this ultimate superhero, right? And mm-hmm. he's this thin guy with some muscle tone. He's somewhat well-built. But I was wondering, if this movie is cast now, they make him add 20, 30 pounds of muscle uh, to bulk up to some unrealistic level. But what I like about it and in, in the way he's physically, his physical appearance in this movie is that he's very relatable. He's these ungodly powers, but he's just looks like an average person. And I think that makes it, makes him more relatable and much more uh, enjoyable as a character. But I mean, that's the crux of the relationship between him and Yoda. Yoda's trying to explain to him that it doesn't matter about your size. It doesn't matter about the size of something you're trying to do. Right. Of course. You just do it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if they would make him bulk up to some action hero because I mean, we see it in Phantom Menace. 
right? Ewan McGregor is a pretty unassuming man. He's handsome, but body's body type, he's pretty unassuming. Right, but I think like since the the Marvel kick these last oh, okay. fifteen years yeah. or so, you can't have a superhero who is not incredibly well built. I don't think that's true. And yeah. handsome, I mean, if handsome. you look at Daisy Ridley and what they the the mill they put her through yeah. in order to kind of physically be ready for that role, yeah. that's true. That's but true. the other, they wouldn't have made him as as whiny because he is he's super whiny. Mm. Um, he's super whiny in the first one, but like the occasional kind of like moments of just you know heartwarming, like hey, we get it, kid. Mm. This one, same thing. He's like super, you know, whiny and entitled, except for like the moments of clarity that he gets that the audience kind of gets with him. And then in the last, in Jedi, he's like super entitled, not quite as whiny, but there is a likable factor that you don't quite get. Like his, he's at his most likable in four and his least likable in six. Isn't, isn't it? But I, I'm sorry, go ahead, Rob. No, it's okay. And my final thought on this, if they were to make this now, they would have made him like super depressed. (laughs) Like depressed and like constantly just kind of like sitting in a corner and th- you know contemplating his kind of well they made that um, his place in it they did that but with Kylo it, Ren it, yeah and it, I'm glad that they didn't do with with this because they just wouldn't have to like nobody cared in those days I think for me it was so jarring realizing like how whiny he is in Empire because he goes through a full transformation in A New Hope. Mm-hmm. Luke. I mean, he starts off whiny, but sure. then at the end, he's incredibly likable, seems to have matured, took on this burden. And when Empire sh- Empire starts, he's that same character. He's not whiny. He is the right. a leader. He's, you know, trying to mentor, uh, you know, um, was it Dak? Yeah. Who's the guy? Who's, yep. yeah, yeah, Dak. Dak. He's, Dak. Yeah, he's, he's doing those things that you saw him doing at the end of A New Hope. So then when he gets back... or when he gets to Dagobah and he's with Yoda, that's why it's a little more jarring to me because he's reverting to Luke at the beginning of New Hope with Aunt Beru and Uncle Owen. I think that makes sense, though, because he's faced with a challenge that he's never had to face. And so he's... Yeah, so he's definitely... The whininess grates on me a little bit. There's just something about his voice. When when Mark Hamill whines, it's just like extra... Extra whiny, but... um, Yeah. Yeah, I liked liked We're wasting our time! (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) The roller coaster. I, I kind of appreciated that this the other day or the other week when I watched it. It's, it makes sense that he's. You're right. He he became this leader and he's somebody who's much more sure of himself and what the mission is. But then he gets yeah. there and it's too hard and he's whiny again. And so, yeah, you, you see the ups and the downs and and it makes sense to me. And again, I think it works because of that. Yeah, I think that if he was the same character all the way through, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And like Rob said, he's not. He's not super likable in Jedi. Yeah. I think visually he's super cool looking. Like everybody's like, fuck, that green lightsaber, that black suit. Yeah. He is by far the coolest looking character, I think, in Jedi. But his attitude sucks. <laughs> yeah. He's not A lot of anymore. entitlement. Yeah. No. He loses a lot of even when he interacts with Leia and he interacts with Han, that you're just kind of like, What the fuck, buddy? Like, chill out a little bit. <laughs> like it's fine. <laughs> You know who the superstar is of the Star Wars trilogy, and I just realized it again last night? Chewie. Chewie Fucking Chewie. Chewbacca <laughs> is the superstar of the whole series. Uh, Everything. He's the one you're rooting for. Dude, he's the best. <laughs> he's great. Like, I just, I think, I everything is like, I look at Harry, and like, he's, I know he's supposed to be Han's, like, friend. He's not his pet, obviously, but they, they, they try to convey a little bit of the dog, I think. At least that's what I think. They try to, the, all the relatable characteristics of a dog. Sure. To Chewie, 
And he's just, he's the best, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think Peter Mayhew gets enough credit for the way he, the physical performance he gives to Chewie. He's brilliant. I think Peter Mayhew gets a lot of credit. <laughs> do you? I do. I really do. Um, I, I, I honestly, and, and this, you know, the other nerds could kind of debate it with me. Um, I think all of those guys, I think Prowse, I think Bullock, I think Baker, Anthony Daniels, all those guys that were like in the suits and on the masks. I think they are all, you know, they're, they're all kind of given their, there's a lot that goes into that character, especially when you're kind of like dealing with that. So Chewbacca is like a great, um, example of that. So like Chewie is Chewie. And the physicality of Chewbacca is there. And Peter Mayhew, you know, is he does get his credit for it. But, like, Stuart Freeborn built the suit. You know, Ben Burt worked on, like, the dialogue and the voice orchestration of the whole thing. Sure. And if you don't have those two things, like, just having Peter Mayhew just kind of run around in that isn't necessarily going to work. Mm-hmm. So I think... Peter, if we're looking at Chewbacca, he actually gets the most credit for all this stuff. But there's these this other bit of credit that really makes that character unique that, you know, those guys are kind of like, you know, the average person doesn't know who they, the average person doesn't know who Peter Mayhew is, but the average person doesn't know who these other people are. And that's what makes that character work. Same thing with R2-D2. Like, Kenny Baker gets, like, celebrated as R2-D2, but, like, what the fuck did he do? Like, super nice guy. Okay, hold on. And, like, hold sure, on. he was Rob, like, Rob, oh, hold on, yeah. hold on. Uh-oh. Are oh, you going to tell go. me, uh, look, are you going to tell me that the performance Kenny Baker gives as R2-D2, which he's literally in the fucking the can turning the head yep. is the yes. same as the subtle nuances that Peter Mayhew has to give with a tilt of a head, uh, you know, an art like the 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 subtle physical performance is the same between yeah, the two. I can't, I can't absolutely not. There is it's night and day. I, I the, forgive me, like that's a ridiculous <laughs> comparison. I I get what you're I, saying. The closer comparison is probably like Anthony Daniels mm-hmm. C three PO. Absolutely, How's that? absolutely. And, and I even get, there, I would give him more credit. I would as well, but I I yeah. get what you're saying with with the suit being made and and the the va- the the growl they give him, but I think those sure. pale in comparison to the actual physical performance he has to give because there's so many moments where Chewie again slight head nod a tilt sure. you know he does these things physically that make you laugh without even a noise coming out because it's the reaction he's mm-hmm. giving. To me, I think Peter Mayhew and Anthony Daniels are the unsung, unsung heroes of the <laughs> masked characters. More than fucking Jeremy Bullock, like super nice man. Bubba Fett doesn't do shit in this movie and gets all the shine because sure. Joe Johnston created a sick ass suit. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's what. But that's, can't people don't, I can't argue it. There's, don't there's love, no point there to argue. Nobody really loves <laughs> Boba Fett the character, do they? That, that's the no. suit. Right. That's but that's what I'm saying. He gets all of this love, and Rob mentioned Jeremy Bullock, who is the man in the suit. Okay, sure. Um, but he does. He's not the voice. Mm. No, he was. He wasn't the original voice or this. The the obviously the new voice. He was just the guy in the suit, and he's he's the guy who's escorting uh, Leia and yeah. Chewie um, through in Empire when Luke is shooting at them. Right. That's him in in out of the suit. He's yeah. like an actual actor in that point. Oh. Outstanding um, bit of trivia. <laughs> You know what his name is? I don't, but hey, what's the name of the guy carrying the ice cream maker? Oh, fuck. I don't know that. <laughs> yeah. I know that the ice cream maker is not an ice cream maker. It's holding all that shit that they need for the Mandalorian. But Right, but they say 
he's always been they carrying do, an they ice got cream a maker. He absolutely has a name. He absolutely. <laughs> he's got a figure now too. I was gonna say he's got a toy. People cosplay as him. Yes. Yes. I'm embarrassed that I don't know who it is. All right. We want to get into some of these categories 56 yeah. minutes yes. into the podcast. Let's do it. Sure. <laughs> All right. Most watchable scene. Look, guys, I could have put every scene. Honestly, <laughs> Tyler's going to be like, no, 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 no. I could have put almost every single scene in this whole movie, but I tried yep. not to so I could give you guys an opportunity to add some things on here as well. So first scene I got is Luke versus Wampa. So Tyler, let me ask you first. How many times as a child... Did you try to close your eyes and force open a door or pick something up because of this scene? I'm so glad you asked because this is the scene probably of all scenes in movie history, except maybe when Rocky is like falling slowly in the canvas in that slow-mo shot of Rocky 4 and 3. That's the scene that I've reenacted most myself. Like dangling from upside, (laughs) like hanging over the side of the couch, upside down, trying to reach something. It's, It's just... This is the scene. I'll spoil it. This is this, the most watchable scene, most memorable scene for me because because of that. I mean, he's hanging fucking upside down and he uses his mind to grab the coolest item in the history of movies. So so to answer the question, yes, you have done it many times. I've done it many times, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby? I, you know, there's, there's, there's love and hate in this for me. I absolutely, I'm, Tyler, I'm doing exactly what you're doing, hanging on the side of the couch. <laughs> But, like, I'm trying to get to the remote. I do that to this day. Yeah. Because if I'm not doing that, I'm doing the Spider-Man to it. And so, like, my kids see me do it, and they're like, do you want that? I was like, can't you tell? Of course. But the the issue with this right now is the special edition. Yeah, yeah. And ever since they they put all the cutscenes in, I I this is the most jarring scene for me to this day. Even this morning as I watched it. It's the scene of just like, why the fuck did they put this mm-hmm. in there? There was nothing wrong with what they had before. And, um, you know, if they would have kept it back to the original piece or maybe they would kind of redo this thing one day, they should just take out all that special edition stuff. That's the stuff that takes me out of yeah. it, unfortunately. It's so funny you mention that, Rob, because I have a lot of issues with the additions. This is the scene that I think is better mm. in this than the original. What? Stop yeah, it. Yeah, because, I, look, I get the idea of, you know, that he's pulling the same trick you pull in Jaws, right? You hear the animal, yeah. you think you see the animal, and then once they show, it, it builds up a fear because yeah. of that. But I think the scene sure. of adding, when they add back in what the Wampa looks like and not just the cut scene of his face or his shitty arm, um, sure. I think it works. I think it looks good. I think that they did a, a good job. It's not, it's not, it's not... Jabba in A New Hope when they added him back in with Han Solo walking on his tail where it looks so atrocious. Like, I think it still looks good. It looks... I... I, Sorry, Ty. I was just gonna... It it doesn't look bad, but I just don't like it. I don't prefer it. And I think what gets... What I love most is that it's this, for the most part, this faceless, figureless beast, this snow monster that is just all in your imagination. What the fuck what put him up in this cave, you know, dangling upside down and you hear it and it's freaky. So I, I liked that. I didn't really see it. It created more fear and cre- created more interest. So, but the problem is we have all seen it. I mean, we've seen it because they show his face and they've come out with yeah. numerous toys. Well, way yeah. before yeah. the, pr- so we have seen it before we've seen. So that's why a very, sorry to interrupt you. I was just, we no, see a good. very quick cut of it. And yeah, we've seen sure. the toys, but those came after the fact of seeing the movie. I didn't have a toy. 
until later. So I got you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying, for I think me, you get a good, go you, ahead, Rob. Oh, I'm sorry. You get a great view of it when it first hits him in the face. Like you, you get a full face version of it. <laughs> and it, and like, that's enough to be like, Oh my yeah. God. And then when you're in the cave, the, in the original version, it's just noises that mm-hmm. are happening while Luke is hanging upside yeah. down. And like the best comparison is the Jaws comparison. Like what you have in your head is way spookier yeah. and horrible or than whatever they're going to make. And, to the, like when I watched it this morning, it just it couldn't be more of a guy in a suit, and really? it's just the, the yeah, very much so. And huh. like the even the comparison of the kind of going the back and forth, like the lighting quite isn't right. The contrast is kind of off. It just that feels like the most jammed in there. And then again, in the original version, the only piece of it that you get the the only bit of it besides like seeing his arm is the piece that they left in in the special edition when he kind of goes. <laughs> And then you see the arm drop. And then the thing that kind of like completely takes me out of the special edition is like the arm goes off and then you have that moment of it going. Aah! And like it just it it doesn't work in my humble opinion. Yeah. yeah, I don't I've never got the it looks like a guy in a suit. I think it looks good. I understand the lighting issue completely. I get that. Sure. But yeah, I, I'm I'm OK with it. Cool. Tyler, do you know why they added that scene in the original movie, the Wampa hitting Luke in the face? Uh, I mean, I just assumed to add new shit in and re-release it and say there's new stuff in this movie. Bobby, why don't you give it to me? Because I mean, I, already, I I know it. Why don't you explain it to Tyler? So uh, Mark Hamill, before, and the, my timing, so the nerds can argue with me, from what I understand of the timing, actually happened before Star Wars premiered, okay. got into a pretty bad car accident that, okay, yeah. that fucked up his face, yeah. which is the only expression to kind of do it. <laughs> Um, and what happened was that is why his, the upper lip, his teeth and kind of his nose are very different between a new hope and empire is because he got into this accident and they had to reconstruct his face. So what the, the producers kind of decided was like, all right, well, if he gets knocked in the face very early on, and the reason why you're not seeing a lot of it in those first couple of scenes is like that gives at least a little story of why he looks so different. That makes sense. And I think in a lot of deleted scenes, not a lot, but there was a there was a couple of deleted scenes. There's actually bandages on his face, and as they kind of lift it up, the scarring is still there. You see, you still see the scarring in that Leia scene that kind of comes immediately after. But it's all because Mark Hamill got into a pretty bad car accident. There you go. There I you never go. really thought he looked terrible. Like, I didn't think he looks that much differently. I think the time you see him look differently is after the, uh, was it the Bantha, the Bacta, what is it, the Bacta tank? The Bacta tank, sure. Bacta tank, and he comes out and he uh, is on the bed talking to Leia and and Han. That's when you can really see the scarring. But I think through the rest of the movie, I think he looks considerably different in Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot more maturing. The hair is way different. Yeah. Um, and he just kind of aged a lot in those years. But the thing is, he had such a baby face and a new hope. That's what kind of like, that's what makes us so different. All right. So the next scene is uh, the Empire attacks, Ho- attacks excuse me, Hoth. Um, this is the first time you really see the scope of the movie, I think. Up until this point, you have really cool set pieces. You have them in the Hoth base. You have obviously the, the Wampa. You have the Tauntaun. But at this point, you see like, all right, this movie is taking up, taking where A New Hope ended and going up like three or four notches. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see the AT-ATs in the distance. I think that is still one of the most iconic shots in all of Star Wars is when you just hear the sound of the AT-ATs and then in the distance, you see these big ass 
like what the hell are these walking um and then obviously it's got the iconic you know the snow speeder you know uh sends out the tow cable flies around multiple times and knocks the ad at at down which i'm still not sure how that works <laughs> um, but i know that in the early was it the late 90s uh, star wars game i forget which one it was i did that a ton of times like, shadows of the empire sir uh, was it Shadows of the Empire? One hundred percent. Was it Rogue or was it Rogue Squadron? They did it in Rogue in one of those, but the first time you had to do it was in Shadows of the Empire on the N sixty four. I remember like it was yesterday. It was difficult, <clears throat> insane. All right, so then uh, the next scene is Luke meets Yoda for the first time. Yes. Uh, that scene is golden. Yeah. When he is when when you don't know that's Yoda and he's trying to crawl through all of Luke's like belongings and taking things out. And you're just like, who the fuck is this little annoying little bastard? And <laughs> all now, weapons. yeah, all now I think about when I watch it is the uh, the Yoda seagulls song, <laughs> the bad lip bad lip reading or bad lip whatever it is. Uh-huh. Did. Rob knows what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're saying. It's amazing, but it's uh, still Yoda's laugh gets me yeah. every single time in that scene. Yeah. It's the best. <laughs> like Frank Oz does such a good job, and it's kind of Miss Piggy, but not Miss Piggy. <laughs> And it's the best. Uh, so the Millennium Falcon crew realizes they're not in a cave. Yeah. Yep. Classic, classic scene as right. well. I mean, you could tie that whole thing together from when the first time Luke and or Han and Leia kiss. You know, the, the whole time they're in the in the cave. Mm-hmm. It's not one continuous scene. They have other cuts going on. But when they're outside and they realize like there's the Minox and they shoot and they're like, "What the fuck? It's moving." <laughs> classic. Yeah. Like it's just the best. Um. Luke trains Yoda. Again, these are all continuous scenes, right? They're one after another. Mm-hmm. Luke doing all the acrobats. Then it, it it ends with him in the cave, right? And still to this day, that is one of the most jarring visuals I've ever seen in any movie. Yeah. It scared me as a kid because I didn't understand the what what they were talking about i didn't understand the the metaphor mm-hmm. for why luke's head was in darth vader's helmet it's it it scared me yeah. as a child for sure um han gets put into carbonite of course all right i mean i would say is there any more iconic scene ever luke versus vader is the most iconic scene to me of any movie ever sure as soon as luke walks up those orange stairs the blue background both lightsabers, they're silhouetted, both lightsabers ignite. Like, just fuck me up. I'll watch that scene every day of my life. Yeah. Like, every single day. I've looked for that scene on YouTube, and I just mm-hmm. watch it. It is the most iconic Star Wars yep. scene and visual to me, specifically when they are silhouetted, and Vader ignites his lightsaber first, Luke ignites his. It's just the best. And no music. It's one right. of those zero score. And that's what's so crazy about it. Like in this movie, yeah. I mean, the music is so important. We'll get to it later. But for such an important scene, all you got to deal with is the visuals and the audio and then like just like the sound effects. No music. That's it blows my mind to this day. I always forget. That's one of those things you're like, do you remember the music that was playing when they're fighting? And they're like, Oh yeah, I just I can't sing it for you right now. It's because there's no music playing. So it's good. perfect. It's perfect because the most iconic thing in Star Wars, I think anybody would agree, is the 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 hum yep. and the the noise that the lightsaber makes when it ignites. Absolutely. And all you get, you hear Vader's breathing, and you hear one lightsaber ignite, 
next lightsaber yep. night and it's the best and i think if you put a score over that it takes away from that moment mm-hmm. yeah love it tyler love do you know it. who's in the in the vader suit at that moment no idea of course he does stop it Come on. I, I don't I don't know Star Wars on this level. This is why oh. I shouldn't even be on this podcast right oh, now, guys. Stop it. How dare I mean you? Well, only like the greatest swordsman of all time, Bob Anderson. Okay. I don't know this. <laughs> what Rob, later what was Bob Anderson's like last job or what was one of his final jobs? Lord of the Rings, man. He was swordmaster on Lord of the Rings. He was oh, amazing. Wow. And, and he was an older guy for Empire, but he was yeah. in such he, tremendous shape that he was able to pull all that stuff off. Yeah, I would say he was like probably in his late fifties, early sixties in, yep. in Empire. Empire. Absolutely. So Tyler, there's three dudes who make up Vader, right? There's James Earl Jones. Mm-hmm. There's David Prowse, who did majority of the acting. Yep. He does. If you watch any of the behind the scenes stuff, he's delivering the lines because mm-hmm. I think he thought he was gonna be oh Darth Vader. <laughs> Poor yeah. bastard. <laughs> yeah, and he it's not bad, but it's a very British yeah. white man. Um, and then in in Empire specifically. He is Bob Anderson. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know, man. And then he went on and did all, he was a sword master for Lord of the Rings. The first Lord of the Rings, I believe. Okay. He did all the swords. Yeah. He was there. He was in the other ones. And then the other thing about Bob Anderson's real kind of like contribution, besides be doing the, the, the sword play in Empire, is really a lot in Jedi because there was a preference to use Bob Anderson in the suit over Dave Prowse, which was another thing. That was pissing Dave Prowse off. But the thing is, is Bob Anderson was more of a gentlemanly shape. Dave Prowse is like a freaking huge guy. So with he a was lot, like a bodybuilder, right? Yeah. And super tall. And Bob Anderson was like of normal height. So a lot of the scenes that you'll see that they're kind of together are either shot from like down and up or they're on stairs in order to kind of help equalize that a little bit. Yeah. It, yeah, Tyler, if you notice in Empire, they're almost never shot level. Yeah, okay. Vader and Luke. They're either shot, like like Rob said, from a, a viewpoint of looking upwards mm-hmm. or walking upstairs, or there is like different leveling in the, in the footing. Gotcha. So Rob, before we, because those are my scenes, before we move on, since we started talking about Bob Anderson, who is Darth Vader to you? It's a great question. It's 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 a great question. And it depends on the movie. Um, and I think it changes as the movies go. So I think A New Hope, it's Dave Prowse. It's Dave Prowse. I think in Empire, it's James Earl Jones. And I think in Jedi, in my head, it's Bob Anderson. Just kind of like how I kind of break all those things down. Even though it's more physical in Empire than it is in Jedi, it's just kind of like that's where my head is. But in this case, James Earl Jones. So... The gentleman who is the reveal at the end of Return of the Jedi is Sebastian Shaw, correct? Yeah, that's the dude. That's that's the reveal. That's the face. So he yeah. doesn't even he doesn't even come into the the spectrum of Darth Vader for you. No, I I would argue there was a movement a couple of years ago that was very much, and I never see I've never actually seen the finalized footage of what Dave Prowse's performance would have been like if they would have just kind of made him up and like had that scene with him. I think that is a one of the kind of greatest travesties um, is to not have Dave Prowse's face in that kind of that that last scene. I don't understand yeah. what Sebastian Shaw bought, brought to that that Dave Prowse they couldn't pull out of Dave Prowse. So no offense yeah. against Sebastian Shaw, but like it should have been Dave. 
Tyler, I know your answer because I, I know your answer is going to be the same as mine. Darth Vader is James Earl Jones. 100%, yeah. <laughs> he That character doesn't work without that voice. Not a chance. Yeah, I, I look, I respect the physicality that Dave Prowse brought and Bob Anderson, obviously. Um, but those are so... I don't visualize Darth Vader as a physical character. He's usually walking yeah. <laughs> or just being overtly menacing looking sure. to me. That voice is it. Yep. That's it. Yep. It's that fucking, that, that draw, that, that, <laughs> uh, that James Earl Jones voice. That's, and, that's it to me. And what's funny is like for as far as his contribution, time contribution, it was less than a day. I think it was like before lunch. That really? he was able to bang out all the lines, yeah. That's Give what that man so all the money, then, <laughs> because that—that's why he created. He to me created the most villainous-looking character. Obviously, besides like, you know, Ralph McQuarrie. Like, there's people who did the the conceptual drawings sure. and then ended up doing all of the suit. Because obviously, the suit is the next biggest thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yep. But that voice. Yep. You're right. All right, Bobby. What scenes you got? You got any? I'm. I. I got to oh, imagine. Fuck you have yeah! Extra of course, to I do. <laughs> All right, so the the, it, it, the the answer to this question is, as you've said already, the, the Vader and Luke duel, if you mentioned Empire Strikes Back, I think to the majority of people, that's the scene in their heads that they kind of go back to. It's hard not to go back to that thing. So mm-hmm. and that is the quote-unquote most watchable, uh, excuse me, um, yeah, the most watchable scene. Secondly, only to the Han and Leia scene in the same area when Han is going into the Carbonite and then they have the dialogue again. It becomes these things that if that sucker is on, I'm watching it with bated breath because for some reason in my head, he's not going in, but he always ends up going in. Um, The other kind of most watchable scenes, and this is a mixture of like video games with me and also music, (laughs) is the the Millennium Falcon going through the asteroids. Mm -hmm. There's, Mm -hmm. you know, between the score and like what's going on, like that's like, that's in, as a kid, that's me with, and I didn't own the Millennium Falcon because we weren't those people. I only had the figures, but Aaron Smith around the block had the Millennium Falcon. So me grabbing his Millennium Falcon and kind of like doing all of that, like that's all from that scene. Um, and then the last thing that I'm going to contribute to this particular moment, um, the scene that's on, and I know it by the music, is the last scene. The ending scene, mm. the scene that Luke gets the the bionic arm. They're having the dialogue between Lando and uh, Luke. He's on the frigate. Lando's on the Falcon. And they just kind of like fly away into the nebula. And the music is amazing. And it's like very subtly played. One of my favorite kind of moments in, in the whole trilogy is that moment right there. So that is my list. Yeah. That is a great visual yep. of them. Again, I, I can't. I try to explain this to people who don't understand why Empire is so great, or I try to explain to them because people will say, like, Avengers, you know, uh, Endgame or Infinity War, whichever one, I can't remember which one was which, will say, like, oh, it had as much cultural, or not cultural, but, like, just as much meaning as Empire. And I, I, I want to explain to people that, yeah, now we've all seen Return of the Jedi, so we know that Empire, the Empire doesn't win. Mm-hmm. But at the end of Empire, they win. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot. One of your, your your trio is is you think potentially dead. Luke is missing a fucking arm or a hand and is is emotionally like wrecked. 
Leia is like, who knows what's going on with Leia, right? She's potentially both of the people that she cares about the most yeah. are both one potentially is going to die. And the other one is, is, is messed up. They feel like at the end of the day, they won empire. Sure. Yeah. So, and the way that, uh, John Williams scores that scene where you have the very subtle music, very, very subtle, the millennium Falcon flies away. And then the big booming, like, like that hits yep. and it just, works yep. so much because it, it's a mixture of the music again the music is such a big part the, the score in empire beats in my humble opinion maybe the biggest competitor is jedi but the score in empire beats the rest of them and this is a Agreed. great moment of that because it gives hope to complete hopelessness <laughs> because you are exactly as you said everything is on a downer like we have lost we're dealing with a lot of stuff right now but for some reason, I think a modern age movie would have just kind of like fucking ended it. But no, we have these moments of like hope and rebuild and like, hey, these two are apart now, but these two are back together yeah. again. And we're not abandoning our boy Han. We're going to go get him. And that's the thing that brings you to the next movie. It's not like, oh, my God. Mer! It's like it's it's this love of these characters. And again, if you are not vested in the characters, this scene doesn't work, but it fucking works. There are three moments in the movie where the score is specifically better than almost any score I've ever heard, ever. It's Han and Leia when they're getting ready to kiss. Yep. It's, like you said, the lack of score when they're going to duel, but then what picks up from there and the ebbs and flows and the highs and lows it takes during that like seven-minute scene, that score, and then the, 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 the finale into the credits. Yep. Those three moments are better potentially than any other moment in Star Wars with the exception of I still think Duel of Fates is a is a great piece sure. of music yep, from absolutely. Phantom Menace mm -hmm. um, but I think those three moments are better than any other moment in any Star Wars movie score wise yeah Tyler what scenes you want to have you, you got to add to this uh, I had three on my list I think the the extended scene with, with Luke and Vader and culminating with him finding out that he's his father I think that's the the best, most well executed and most shocking scene um, that I've ever seen, probably, um, especially in terms of how shocking it was. Second is the scene where Han gets frozen in carbonite. Probably the first 25, 30 times I watched this movie, I didn't fully understand what the hell they were doing to him. I know for sure I thought he was being killed the first few times I watched it, and it's just the perfect bridge from Empire to Jedi. Um, and I just never seen anything, anything like it. It was a perfect cap to Han's capture, the way that he was, wheel, you know, whisked out of that place in in this fucking yeah. slab of whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> uh, but then my favorite and the most watchable one for me is the Wampus scene where he's hanging upside down. Um, I mentioned a little bit about it earlier. I think that I, I would like I, I'm thought of this movie like I think you do a lot of movies, Anthony, where there's these extended scenes that flow so well from one to another and i think the opening scene just the opening bits on hoth was the best i don't think a movie pulls me in emotionally as effectively right away as this one does from like when luke's out there and he's been captured he, he's he's in peril the base door is closing and chewie's whale and there's resignation oh, in uh, 3po's voice when love he's it. giving the odds of of his return yeah. The Han and Leia dynamic. Is Han really leaving? What's the fuck's going on with Luke? It's just one thing after another. Um, I think 
all culminating with Han rescuing him uh, uh, from the cave. I think just the best setup to any movie um, in my mind. Yeah, the first 30... Again, I think that this movie is perfect. Um, the first 30 minutes of this movie is specifically yeah. perfect for everything you just said. The moment that the door closes and, and Chewie gives mm-hmm. that wail, like I said, that's that's Peter Mayhew at his... Obviously, it's, it's the noise he's making to the growl or whatever voice that they're using. It's yeah. perfect. And then the awkwardness of 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 C3PO needing to tell what the the statistics yeah. are but then also having the the self-awareness as a droid to know like ah, I need to I need to yeah. soften this delivery a mm-hmm. little bit right and like, I think it's all perfect man you're you're in a great spot here because even as coming from an editing perspective the beats that those moments hit yeah between the doors start closing Chewie is yelling there's this great zoom shot of Leia that's happening you have that dialogue with C-3PO, like all of that stuff kind of builds and there's this real degree of hopelessness. And I think the last bit of that scene is Chewbacca's head on the ladder and he just makes out this little kind of like whimper. Mm -hmm. And it's just it's just so beautifully done. And then it's like star wipe (laughs) to and I think it's it's Han as he's kind of like getting closer. If not, he just kind of or is it to whatever they kind of it's 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 to an outside. That's the wipe. That might be the wipe to the to the actual cave. To oh, there you Luke. go. Yep, it might be. Yeah, um, Tyler, I know we've mentioned it before, and I'll mention it again. If you haven't if you haven't read Shadows of the Empire yet, I'm not a big like, hey, you need to read all the Star Wars canon. I've read a ton of it. I know Rob has as well. You got to read okay. that. Yeah, it's the only thing I thought besides I thought the Han, the Han Solo trilogy should have been made into something. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, the Shadows of the Empire book should have been made into something. I will check it out. It was the- because it bridges. It gives just the enough of what happened between Empire and Jedi to where you don't feel like, oh, okay, well this is dumb. I didn't really need to know mm-hmm. all this. It's enough of a different story, but giving you enough breadcrumbs to understand how they find out where Jabba's palace is. How they how they infiltrate it. Um, where was Luke? How does he have a new yeah. lightsaber? It gives you just enough of that stuff, but then also introduces you to, a, I thought, a really great character in uh, Prince Zizor. Hmm. Like, it gives you enough that you're like, all right, I'm in. But it doesn't have... The main character is not any of the the main characters from the movies, right? They're in it, but the main character is Dash Rendar. Okay. Yep. So it gives you enough that you would enjoy it. I will see. It is... It. It is- Written from the perspective of someone who I feel like this guy loves Star Wars. Yeah. And he knew what questions needed to be answered. And because Empire and Jedi really timeline-wise happen so quickly, mm-hmm. he does a beautiful job. But not only does he do a beautiful job, like, of not just kind of like random events, but like head-wise, where is everybody? Like, where is Leia leading from Empire to Jedi? Like, how does she kind of cope with all that? How is Luke coping with all this stuff? And it's just, it's, it's beautifully written. And the other thing about it's short. Oh, it's relatively short. short. Sure. Yeah. And the one thing about it is that it occurred at a time that we were screaming for a Star Wars movie that we didn't get. But this was the closest thing that we got. And that's what made this thing so good. Yeah, how they haven't ever made that into like an animated yeah. short or something, yeah. like an animated movie, a, a short series, something, 
is beyond me. And it also gives like a, it kind of gives you an idea of where, and it sounds ridiculous, where Vader's headspace was sure. a little bit too. Oh yeah. And his his affection for the emperor. Yes. And his like wow. wanting to be the emperor's wow. son, essentially. Wow. You know, every and once this, in a while. this weird. I Go think ahead, you're not as nerdy as you are, but you're a fucking Star Wars nerd. <laughs> if we're going this deep, like that blows my mind. And the fact that you followed it up with the Han Solo trilogy was also dude, amazing. The Hutt Gambit, Good for- <laughs> all those things, dude. That the Paradise Snare. They, yeah, it's, dude. Th- they were great, great books in a time that we did not have Star Wars movies, and they were they were enough. That's how good they were, bro. Rob, what do you think? You think I'm, this is just a game? You think that this is like a charade? Like, what? I don't understand. Help me understand this. Sometimes I forget that you're in as deep as you are. Sometimes I forget. We we met on a Star Wars fanboard. I, I forget. <laughs> what did you th- What did you think this was? Uh, I didn't know we were at, at the hut gambit level, but I'm sorry. You think That's this is an like act? And now, and now he has been on record as saying he is willing to piss away all of the Star Wars fandom. <laughs> that's true awesome. that's all true yep. but look again i, th- I don't yeah. want to get into it on this pod specifically because this is this is a celebration of uh this movie um this just shows you like what the star wars trilogy or what the star wars ip should yeah. be sure and the stuff that they're making now is not at this level man true the, the nuances that this movie has, the performances it has, without having to have a fucking Saturday night, Saturday night, Saturday night live fuck sketch <laughs> at the beginning of the movie to get humor in it. Like, you don't need yeah. that, man. That's no. not what, the Star, what Star Wars is about. Like, this gives you the humor you need, the levity you need, without having to have some fucking slapstick <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> All right, rant over. Okay. What the fuck moment. Oh. I, thinking about this going into the movie, I was like, I... Besides the reveal that Luke or that Vader is Luke's father, which is the the biggest mindfuck moment mm-hmm. ever, like there's nothing else. I couldn't be more wrong. I have like five <laughs> after watching the movie last night. Uh-huh. How did I forget Luke or excuse me, Leia like tongue kissing Luke uh-huh. right in front of Han at the beginning of the movie? Because uh-huh. you we all we all think about the kiss on the cheek, right? At in, in A New Hope. No, man, she's trying to get it she's like she's trying to get it right here in this yes. movie. Yes. Yes. Uh, seeing Vader in the medical chamber. Yes. Like, what? What's up with the head? Yeah. What's up with his head? I, I asked Indy. <laughs> we watched this. I said, "Hey, what do you?" Or he said, "What is he doing there?" I said, "I don't know. That's a great question. I never thought. What is he actually doing there?" And Indy said, "I think he's just eating lunch." <laughs> <laughs> That's how he eats. He's got to take his helmet off. Yeah. It could. Yeah. Could be. Could be. Um, I, I mentioned it earlier. Luke's head inside of Vader's helmet again mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Scarred me, fucked me up. Vader at the dinner yeah. table is a, is like one of the coolest like what the fuck moments. This dude can stop blaster uh, shots with his hands, <laughs> yep. and then it's that that is just the coolest James Earl Jones has ever been in any movie. Just that yeah. voice after he does that, and he's like join. Essentially, he's like come join me for dinner. <laughs> um, and then obviously the Vader reveal uh, reveals at the end that he's Luke's father. Side note, one of the other what-the-fuck moments, and this really doesn't have anything to do with the movie itself, but Rob and Tyler, you both mentioned in the special editions, the thing that really bothered you was the addition of the mm-hmm. Wampa. The thing that bothers me the most in this movie is the ad- addition as, uh, of Ian McDermott as the uh, Emperor. Yeah, that's a good one. Because that's a good one. 
it looks, it doesn't fit the movie. It doesn't look like he looks in mm-hmm. Jedi. Yep. It doesn't, it, nothing. Leave the original dude in it. What's his name? Clive? Leave Clive in it. <laughs> Clive was the voice. It was a, the emperor it was a chick and a monkey. Okay, whatever. No, okay. <laughs> leave leave the chick and the monkey <laughs> as the emperor. I, I I it just it it throws me off. In a moment that should be really like mm-hmm. a really telling moment, when they they add him back in and he, he doesn't fit the movie. No, not at all. Visually, it doesn't fit the movie at all. Nope. He doesn't like I said. He doesn't even look like he looks an emperor in a in a in Jedi. Yeah. He looks like it he just throws me off. He looks like a, like he looked at the end of Revenge of the Sith. They just put in yeah. the like Empire Absolutely. cloak. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, I refuse to put Ian McDermott on my Empire Strikes Back poster for that reason <laughs> because he just does not. You, he's not in that absolutely. movie. He does not fit in that movie. And he's he's great. He's good in almost all yeah, the movies. Sure, of course. He's specifically good in. I think he's great in Phantom Menace. Um, he's good in Jedi. It's not his fault. It's the visuals, I think, that throws me off the most in this movie. Yep. So those are my what the fuck moments. Ooh. Rob, what do you got? Uh, well, I mean, I mean, Luke, well, Leia kisses Luke is like the ultimate what the fuck moment. But like a moment that kind of came across this morning, and it could be because I was watching that HBO series, um, I'll Be Gone in the Dark. Mm-hmm. But right. Han gets a little kind of like, uncomfortably like rapey in the Millennium Falcon while he's like rubbing up on Princess Leia. And I didn't have that moment until today of just like, she's really kind of telling you no, but you're still kind of advancing and you're just kind of assuming no means yes. (laughs) So like that really kind of like, that was an eye opening moment for me this morning. (laughs) Um, There is, there is a level of uncomfortability. Yeah. (laughs) He's just not letting... During that scene, um, I think the reason that it doesn't bother me as much now as maybe it would have is because you know the end yeah. result. Like, you know she is she's playing coy, right? Because you've seen all the movies. Sure. But, yeah, in that moment, it is a little bit like, calm down, Han. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, drop it down a couple like, notches, bro. And I didn't get the rapey part. Like, that's a that's a bit of a stretch. I would never say that. But I did get the uh, the bit of the uh, the aggressive, like, calm yeah. down. Well, there is a 12-year difference between the two of them, which, again, also... Yeah, but they of... were really fucking, so, yeah, so again, does that I count? Yeah, so I guess that's fine. Yeah, sure, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> they were really fucking... And then the last what-the-fuck moment for me <laughs> is, again, kind of realized it today as I was watching it. They torture Han um, at the yeah. end of the movie when, you know, they're kind of captured on Bespin. They put him through this like electrifying machine, but like I don't understand the purpose of the scene or the moment because they're not interrogating I do. him, and they're just kind of like toying with him. And yeah, to this to re- day, it's yeah. Explain it to me. I really don't let know. me give. Let, well, let, let, yeah. Let, I'm sorry, not to interrupt you. No, let no, me no, give no. you what I think. Sure. So originally, I always thought that that was for to show like they're the big bad emperor mm-hmm. empire, right? That they just do shit because they're supposed to be like the super villain, and they want to reinforce. Kirshner was like, "I got to reinforce that they're the worst people ever." No, no. Watching it last night, I realized they're doing that because Vader knows he's getting Luke to come with these visions. Mm-hmm. Huh. So he's got to show that his friends are being tortured to get him to come. Makes sense. Love it. If he doesn't, if he just has them sitting at dinner, yep. <laughs> Luke's not going to get these visions. He has to have the visions of Fuck. them being hurt. Yep. 
to come. You're all you're absolutely right. Good for you. I never thought of that in 42 years. <laughs> Call me a nerd. Nice. I don't like it. a boy. Good job. <laughs> you got anything else on this one? No, those Bobby? are my three. Those are my three. Tyler. Uh, the one I echo everything you you both said, but the one that uh, what the fuck with some humor was when Lando opens the hatch at the top of the Millennium Falcon to gather Luke as he's dangling. And he pops up through the hatch, and it's big enough around for him, like his torso, to fit out, but not by much. And then Luke just fucking drops and lands on top of the ship or, or through the hole, or Lando catches him. I, I don't understand what happens there. It's just a very awkward fall onto a fully grown human man. I don't know. It was a bit weird. They did such a great – and I don't ever really talk about it. One of the other things that this movie does such a great job with, I'm deathly afraid of heights. <laughs> And the amount of un like I'm so uncomfortable with the idea of Cloud City of yeah. Bespin, but specifically when he's hanging off the bottom, off what appears to be like a TV <laughs> antenna. Yep. It's so uncomfortable yeah. to me, dude. It makes me like it. It makes everything more tense. Yeah. Even it's not really a tense moment, right? Obviously, they're not going to kill Luke Skywalker at the end of Empire right. Strikes Back, but it makes me uncomfortable <laughs> a lot. You know, you got a point with. So when they show the scene of like Han actually like kind of going up the elevator and it's it's all live view, you know, of Billy D. And it's not until they actually cut to the outside of the Falcon and like he pops up. But in my head right now, I can't unsee it. It's it, it looks like one of those like little play school figures that's just like a head, no arms, just torso <laughs> that they just kind of like stick straight up in it. Yeah. And I think I saw the model once and I can't unsee it because his hair is ridiculous and he's super stiff. So I've just ruined that for anybody who's listening right now. But if you look at it, it's almost comical. That is the one spot that the special effects don't hold up. Shit. Yeah. The hair in that scene specifically is terrible. <laughs> Um, for me, the biggest what the fuck moment, I think it'll always be is obviously Vader revealing that he's yeah, Luke's father. Sure. Like nothing else. That's the biggest. Tyler, is that a bigger holy shit moment than the the, the whole Shawshank re- uh, uh, reveal? Man, that that the Shawshank moment hit me harder. I, I mean, I was right. You can remember I was thirteen that. instead you of remember five. Seeing that. So, but I don't know. I mean, it's they're they're probably equal. Uh, but cult culturally more universally known of yeah. course is empire and that moment i agree with you i think that the shawshank reveal hit me harder as well because i remember yeah. it i don't remember when i found out luke is vader's yeah. son yeah. what do you got bobby what's your favorite well i'm i'm a little confused here so kind of let, let's back up a minute what's the shawshank moment we're talking about when uh, they're interrogating Red in Andy's cell, and they're trying to figure out where did he go. And he asks, uh, "What Raquel Welch, Fuzzy Bridges?" Oh, right. And he throws. Oh, the and he rock throws the rock, and then the there's poster. the hole. Yeah. Got it. Because at that point, everybody's like, "How the fuck? Like, where did he go? Yeah. Like, ev- nobody knows. There's no hint at that." Sure. Yep. So, all right. So anyway, so to answer your question, <laughs> um, still to this day, my what the fuck moment in Empire Strikes Back is. Leia kissing Luke. I'm good. <laughs> like really kissing. Like yeah. yeah, yeah. Like not aggressive. Like they're not. She didn't like straddle him, but enough to make it <laughs> uncomfortable. Yeah, it was uncomfortable. <laughs> uncomfortable. And also, I think it's just uncomfortable because God rest her soul, 
you know, Carrie Fisher, we all know how Carrie Fisher was a bit of a creep. <laughs> so it just feels like it was a little, uh, a little aggressive. Carrie Fisher would kiss to very, like, in the moments that I have met her, I have seen her kiss many a people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or throw glitter on them. Yes, throw glitter. <laughs> she was a very affectionate woman. She Feed her dog hot dogs yep. at the autograph table. Yes, and then rub it on somebody's face. It's amazing. Yeah. But yeah. she was, of the of all of the Star Wars people I've ever had to interact with, and I'm very lucky and very unique in this way. Um, not unique, but like I was, I'm very lucky is a better way to put it. Like she Eric. would... She would hug you for like no reason and like for no reason whatsoever. Like, all right, well, have a nice day. She would come over and like cheek to cheek level. So she was, she oh, was wow. a sweet woman. So, yeah. <laughs> Tyler. I already get- Best animal. No, no, I'm, I'm asking you another question, oh, my man. Better <laughs> animal. Better creation. Oh. Wampa or Tauntauns? That's a great question. Hmm. The Tauntaun, the Tauntauns just kind of fucking annoy me. They just make shitty noises. They die in the cold. Yeah. I mean, you, but I just want to say, they literally saved Luke's life by stuffing him inside of a, a fucking Tauntaun. <laughs> Fuck, I had that moment today. Did he put him into the thing, or did they take the guts yeah, out and put the guts on him? No, I... Put no, him there's in. a toy. One of the original toys was you could put him inside the Tauntaun. Like shit. Like I get that, but like the the actual mechanics is what I'm curious about. Like, what is the vision? Because he cut that Bro, thing. He shoved. Open. He shoved him. He he fucking Luke Skywalker wore the Tauntaun. <laughs> <laughs> so guts and all. He was all up in that. He jam- Han Solo jammed this guy into this thing. That's what I. That's what, based on what I watch and and. And the toy right. that they released, you are correct. There, there's a piece of me that really, in like the mechanics version of this thing, he cuts him open, and he kind of like, bleh, yeah. of course, we all remember it. But there's mm-hmm. no room for yeah. him to go in. So in my head, they're like taking the guts out and just like on Luke. Look, I don't know the mechanics of the whole right. situation. That's where I was locked in. But that well. motherfucker was was up inside the top. <laughs> yes, Either was. way, they were very em- <laughs> emotionally and physically together. <laughs> <laughs> correct. Tyler, I, I'm sorry I interrupted sorry, you. Buddy. I, I'm I'm going Wampa just because I, I I've always hated the noise that the Tauntauns make. So fuck them. Is the Wampa <laughs> like a one of one? Is he the only one of his species like cruising around Poth? I mean, he can't possibly be right. He's got to procreate. You would think so, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, could- is he dead? He's still out there. How has he not made a return? How has he never been in a movie again? Good question. Rob. He showed up in Monsters, Inc. Um, so Wampa or Tauntaun? He is. He's Sully. I just realized no, not, that. Well, I mean, he's Sully, but he's also the abominable snowman. Voiced by... Yeah, but he looks like Sully. Sure. But Does. both, you know, abominable snowman, uh, snowman right. voiced by John Ratzenberger. Also, <laughs> John Ratzenberger, Cl- Officer in Empire Strikes Back. Oh shit! And Cliff. And Cliff Clavin Cliff from Clavin. Cheers. Just saying. Tyler, did you not know he was in Empire? No idea. No. Nope. Yep. He is in like one scene, <laughs> and it's an interior scene in the beginning of Empire. One of the one of the uh, one of the rebels. He's a big mustache. Yep. Okay. He was a rare, rare Star Wars signer for a long time. People needed him. Yeah. Huh. 
And he's kind of a dick in person, which, like, no offense, John Ratzenberger, but he's kind of a dick. Super dick. <clears throat> but anyway, <laughs> so I'm going, um, my gut says Tauntaun over Wampa. Um, and I have no other reason for that other than I had the Tauntaun figure and I did not right. have the Wampa figure. But <laughs> to answer your previous question, yes, there are multiple Wampas because <laughs> in the deleted scene in Empire... There's a whole room filled with them on oh, Echo wow. Base. So there's a scene that they're trying to escape. The Empire's infiltrating Echo Base. Han and Leia run by a door with a yellow sign on it with, like, red writing on it. And it's a very subtle thing. They kind of run by it. They look at it, and they keep running. So the scene that follows, the deleted scene that follows, is C-3PO actually taking the sign off and ripping it off. And what happens is the snow troopers come in right behind them, open that door, and, like, they're sucked in by, like, a room full of wampas. So, like, this is, like, the great, you know, kind of mysterious empire missing scene. So, hmm. yeah. So, yeah. So, what do you know? What do you know? Look that stuff up. It's ridiculous when you see it. But And then they, like, immediately, <laughs> like, they suck one guy in, and then they immediately close the door, and they're like, don't go in there. So yeah, <laughs> that's a little too uh, a little too slapsticky for my liking. <laughs> a little too wampa-y in there. I gotta go Tauntaun because I think that that's a more original creation. You know where where the the wampa just looks like the abominable snowman. It's a good point. You know he looks like he's in the Matterhorn at Disneyland. <laughs> um, where the Tauntaun is just a more creative and useful, I think, practical character. Sure. Very good points. And for the collectors right. out there, yes. <laughs> Phil Tippett provided a mold. You can get a casting of a Tauntaun right now. On um, there's this there's this guy who does <laughs> shut up, leave me alone. So there's this guy who does like collectible kind of like items. Tom Spina Designs, S P I N A. He does a lot of like kind of like refitting of stuff. But anyway, they got like an original mold from Phil Tippett. They're molding out these Tauntauns. There's like you know, signature editions of the thing. Um, not too expensive. Maybe going to buy one. Maybe not right now. But anyway. Rob, you know we're in the middle of a global pandemic. I know. And th that's where and it was the, like the not The economy's right kind of soft right yeah, now. Yeah, I know. As I'm thinking about okay. my Thundercats figures coming. But go ahead. <laughs> Standout performance. Awesome. I think this is, a, this is an easy one. Yeah. Obviously, it's the three leads. It's, it's Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, and Mark Hamill. I also threw James Earl Jones in this. Although I don't know that he's in it enough to be one of the leads, he is certainly going to be in the what you know uh, uh, who did the most with the least. But for me, it comes down to Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill. Yep. But I got to go Harrison Ford. Good choice, Rob. You got anybody else you want to add? I, I I agree with you, Harrison Ford. I think it would be it would a hard argument to argue against him. Mark Hamill is kind of a good secondary person to have mm -hmm. on there. I think. This is where he did his best. Um, yep. But and I know we do this every once in a while. We don't do it every time. Um, but I think John Williams, it would be hard to not put John Williams in this mm -hmm. for obvious reasons. So, But like, as far as an acting yeah. performance, Harrison Ford, absolutely. But outstanding standout performance. I mean, the music in this thing is amazing. So I put John Williams in there. The music is absolutely amazing in this movie. Uh, it does lend itself it does take quite a bit from the first movie sure. so that's why I, I it would be difficult for me to say 
I think that there are, like I said, this is my favorite score from from any Star Wars movie, but it does take a lot from the first movie. You know? Yes, absolutely. Uh, okay, Tyler, what do you got? I agree Han Solo is probably the right choice, but I am going with James Earl Jones. Okay. Uh, despite being in it not nearly as, enough as, the, uh, as much as the others, I think this is just the movie that cements Vader as one of the most identifiable characters in the history and arguably the best villain ever and it's all in the voice like we talked about the delivery of the lines it's the perfect match to this towering dark figure and delivers possibly the best and most memorable line in movie history so i'm going james is it even a debate that he is the best villain of all time not really i'm just trying to be kind in case somebody thinks it's (laughs) voldemort or whoever yeah, there are some that are right up there. I mean, I I think Hans Gruber is yeah. up there as one of like the best villains. People will think that, but I just, yeah. I don't think that it's. I think you can have a debate of like who's the top five, but this dude is should be number one yeah. in everybody's list. I wouldn't argue with that. I think Voldemort um, should be up there as well, but I think he's more menacing looking than Vader to me mm-hmm. at this point. Uh, but he's not Vader. No. Rob, you said Harrison Ford. I think Harrison Ford as well. Yeah. Tyler, you did not think. I have a question for you, though, Tyler. Should Han Solo have died in this movie? I know we talked about this on the Harrison Ford podcast, I believe, because his performance there was just grating on the nerves and and not that great. But I don't think so. Um, I think Rob brought up the point of having him die early in Return of the Jedi. that, That is what Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote a lot of this movie and wrote a lot of Jedi, correct, Rob? Yep. Wanted to have happen. He thought that you needed to kill one of the main three early on in Jedi to show like, because they didn't think they were going to make any more movies. Yeah. They needed to show like, you don't know, like any anybody can die. So we got to kill off one of the yep. three. Yeah, I, I don't think he should have died here. I think it was perfect. Like I said, the perfect bridge from this movie to the next. Um, the, the scene where they rescue him in Jedi is phenomenal, but maybe he dies there. Maybe he falls into the Sarlacc pit. Yeah. I don't know, but um, no, I'm, I'm glad he didn't die. Not just because I like the character, but I think it served the story better to keep him for the next one. Yeah. I absolutely don't think he should have died in empire because they give you the illusion that he might still die. Yeah. He absolutely should have died in Jedi. Sure. Yeah, I can see that. And I think he should have died in, in at indoor, maybe blowing up the, the, uh, the the, sh- the star, shield yeah, something the, he should have yeah yeah he sh- he should have died maybe halfway through Jedi yeah he gets rescued from from the Sarlacc pit from uh, Jabba mm-hmm. you can't have him die at that that's, point because if you're gonna he, he's gonna die at that point he might as well have just died in Empire yeah, that's a good point there was something I was reading I that Bill um, Lando Carizian was supposed to die along with the Millennium Falcon getting blown up on that last scene as it's coming out of the Death Star. And they had recorded sure. it, and one of the pieces of dialogue was, tell Han I'm sorry, because like it didn't quite make it out. And even that, that would, have would have been something, like a, a, a true sacrifice of one of the main leads. I mean, that would have yeah. been important. I think if there's one issue with the Star Wars trilogy, the original trilogy, is that nobody actually dies. Sure. Yeah. Besides, I mean, obviously... Uh, Obi Wan dies, but he and and Yoda die, but they cut. You know, their their back is ghosts. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I never realized. I think how much I like Billy D. Williams as Lando, mm-hmm. 
in this movie specifically because I didn't really care for him in Jedi, and I certainly haven't cared for him in in I didn't care for him in uh was it not Force Awakens Rise of Skywalker Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Um, he's great in this movie. Sure. In that in that and he's cast perfectly. Yeah. And he's the like the height of his fame in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think. I mean, I think the only person that's probably more famous than him at this point would be Harrison yep. Ford. Like, as a actual leading man, because Fisher and Hamill aren't doing anything else besides Star yeah. Wars. Or at this point, so Han, I mean, he's more recognizable probably for Indy, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we... Like, Raiders has already come out. Yeah, we just finished up Raiders. Plus, he had, like, a couple of things here and there. Yeah. But he's yeah. definitely working right. more than Worst the other per- two. Sure. Worst performance. Not, I'm not, I'm wiping it off the board. We got nothing. I shouldn't even have sent that to you guys on this. Oh, one. but we have the Jamie Foxx award, don't we? Yeah, but the, does that mean worst performance? Oh, no, it doesn't. I don't always look at the Jamie Foxx award for overacting as the worst performance. I just look at it as simply that they're really going for it, and it's a lot. Sure, it doesn't always mean bad. Cool. So for me, I only have one person, yep. and it's Mark Hamill. Oh, on the and Jamie Foxx specifically. Award? Absolutely. I think he still gives a good performance, but I think absolutely when he is with Yoda, there are those instances specifically when he can't lift the the X-Wing out of the swamp Mm -hmm. and he goes and he throws a fit. (laughs) I think that he is overacting the shit out of that moment. And that's what you would tell a child to do when you tell them to go through a temper tantrum as they're learning to act. Specifically, I watch that and I'm like, all right, he's dialing it up to a 12. (laughs) That's true. Tyler. Do you have somebody? I do, and I have Anthony Daniels as C-3PO. Nice. And it's only <laughs> the latter when they're in Cloud City. Uh, He's just given too many one-liners. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, for most of the movie, and even bits and pieces there on Cl- in Cloud City, he provides comic relief and there's some levity, but it's just a bit too much. And it's not, yeah. it's not really his fault. Maybe there's extra desperation in his voice, but it's what the script gives him, so he's doing it. It's not really his sure. fault. But um, I, watching it the other week, it, it was just a bit too much for me. Nice. Yeah, I don't. I, I think he's he's a lot in general. Yeah. But I think that that's that character. Yeah. But I understand. I understand what you're saying. Um, I appreciated him a ton watching this movie this time for some reason. Again, trying to be more critical. I really thought like Anthony Daniels is so good as C three PO. Yeah. <laughs> you, Which. I have never really thought that before. It's funny. I, you know, I, I was lucky enough to see the special edition in the theater. And that was really sure. the first time I watched these movies with more than like three or four people in the room. Right. And I remember walking out the door and being like, fucking C-3PO is hilarious through these movies. <laughs> because like the, he was the one that was actually getting like the comedic beats and I yeah, think you don't sure. realize that unless you're in a room filled with people. So, yeah. you know, I think this is the quote-unquote funniest Anthony Daniels is in any of the movies. Did you get that same feeling when you watched Phantom Menace with uh, Ahmad Best? <laughs> <laughs> I did not get that reaction literally at all. But All right. All right so, Rob, do you have somebody for the Jamie Foxx Award for over? Oh, I have three. <laughs> oh. So... Let's hear Let's it. Thro- I'll throw this one away at you because this is more of a special edition ad than anything else. But um, Tem Morrison as the voice of Boba Fett 
is no nah, man that doesn't exist in my life. Oh, but I'm just throwing it out there because I think it's an important point to make because they replaced Boba Fett's voice with this guy, um, and he just overacts the shit out of it because they hired him for a day and he feels like he has to do a little bit more, um, but it doesn't <laughs> totally work at all. So that's number one. Um, number two is Christopher Malcolm, who played Rogue Two. So Rogue Two was the guy that was in the Snowspeeder that was looking for Han and Luke as they were going. Right. So, you know, his dialogue is unbelievably wooden (laughs) as we go through it. As a matter of fact, the line is, uh, I think it's uh, Echo Base. This is Rogue Two. I've found them. I repeat, I've found them. Now, how I just presented it to you is exactly how he gave it, which is just like, what the fuck? So it's, I guess maybe it's more <laughs> underacting than overacting, but either way, Christopher Malcolm's kind of going a little bit too much. My le- Do you own a Christopher Malcolm autograph? Two. Lovely man. And I have a picture with him. <laughs> and then the last one <laughs> is Michael Culver, who plays Captain Nita. Uh, and Captain Nita... Uh, you too. <laughs> Is one of the guys that gets strangled by uh, Darth Vader, and he's the one. The second one. He's the second one who gets strangled. He he's he loses the Millennium Falcon. They use his name plenty, and just between um, apology accepted, Captain Nita, and like everything that kind of I will you know I accept full responsibility and I will personally blah 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 blah. But regardless, he is the one guy that has the most minute role, not the most minute role, but a fairly minute role in Empire. And he's really kind of giving everything he's got. So, Michael Culver, you are overacting, but like, hey man, I still remember who you are. So, those are my three. And you have an autograph. I have two. <laughs> Tyler, do you ever did you ever realize that the villain from Last Crusade is yes. also oh. in Empire? Not until what some time in the nineties, I'm sure. Okay. After seeing Crusade and yeah. But um, I fucking and he's also guy. in Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah that's right. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, Julian Glover. <laughs> Julian mm-hmm. Glover, another very nice man. All right, so Tyler, I want to ask you a question. Better sidekick, R two D two and C three PO or Chewbacca? Hmm. I will eliminate C three PO. He serves almost no purpose other than like we've t- he he's. I don't dislike him as a character, but as a sidekick, he you got to you got to take him as a group man. It's R two and C three PO. It's a pair. All right, I mean I uh, I shouldn't say he does nothing because he's he serves a very small purpose. But R two particularly on the oh, I forget the name of the ship when they're over, over the Sarlacc pit, of course, and he launches the green lightsaber out to yep. Luke. That on its own puts him on this really high pedestal, but. Like Rob said, or whichever one of you two said it, I think it was you, Anthony. <laughs> Chewie, Chewie's just coming through, start yeah. to finish. All what eleven movies he's in now, <clears throat> and he's he's can't be beat as a sidekick. Well, to be fair, Chewbacca's not in Phantom Menace, and he's not in Attack <laughs> of the Clones. Okay, and he's not in Rogue One. He is not in Rogue One, but neither is C three PO. Sure. Okay. No, C three PO is in C three PO. He has a quarter of a second, but he's in there. He so is he's in in it. He's the movies. only he's the only person in all of them, correct? C three PO is not in uh, Solo. 
C3PO oh, yeah. is not in Solo. You yeah. are correct. Okay. Rob, anyway, who's I'm the better Chewbacca. sidekick? I'm taking Chewbacca all the time. Because, like, no doubt. Yeah, C3PO and R2D2 are like good when you need something mechanical, or, and yeah. even that's debatable, or you need translation. But, like, Chewbacca is your utilitarian. He is great at lots of things, not a master of any of them, but, like, he will get you through to the next level. I'm taking fucking Chewbacca any day of the week. Mm-hmm. And Chewbacca is like the ride or die homie. Oh, like, yeah. He's the guy. He's the guy he's that's jumping in no front of the bullet. What? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. He's your guy. He's your guy. Yeah, I see 3PO has a lot of value, though. Yeah. And he does say wonderful, very funny. <laughs> he's British. <laughs> he's very British. Yeah, but Anthony Daniels is dialing that. That's not his normal voice. He's dialing that up a little bit. Sure. Yeah. He might be overacting, Tyler. You might be right. It's, it's, <laughs> he just, but he's supposed to. Yeah, of course, yeah. But there's just, and maybe it's just the script because it's one one-liner after another. In the, you know, when things get super frantic and chaotic on Cloud City, and I just okay, I've laughed at C-3PO three times <laughs> in these last five minutes. I don't need more. It's like you've filled the quota of laughing. So, All right, fair enough, fair enough. All right, who did the most the least? So I have four people. Ooh. Billy D. Williams is Lando. Frank Oz specifically as Yoda. Even though I, I know we talked about there are many people who brought Yoda to life. Stuart Freeborn, one of them. Probably the most important, Ooh. right, Rob? Absolutely. Absolutely looks like him too. Oh yeah. <laughs> like he Stuart Freeborn Yoda and Albert Einstein. After, yeah, I was gonna say he sculpted Yoda after his own likeness and Albert Einstein. Yep. Um, but Frank Oz, I think, is the person who brings that character to life. James Earl Jones as Darth Vader and John Williams. Hmm. Rob, do you have anybody you'd like to add? Not add. I'll, I'll advocate for Billy D on this. Um, not Frank Oz not Frank Oz I think Frank Oz gets um, he does have the opportunity to kind of he he, Yoda's in a lot of the movie Um, not really I feel like he is like even as a kid I feel like he's in a good maybe let's say he's in to be you know conservative like 10% 15% that fair I don't know man I don't even know if it's that much but okay um he, he's got those opportunities to perform the puppet, you know, in his kind of way and to do the voice. And, you know, it's sure. there. But he still gets more screen time than Billy D. But in my head, I mean, Billy D's only there for like the last half hour, 40 minutes of the movie. But yet when I think Empire Strikes Back, I mean, he's a big deal in that movie. So it is, you know, he, Lando Calrissian is a big part of all of this stuff and a very memorable part of this one. Um, and again, I, they don't give him a lot of lines, but he does have quite a big impact. So I'm going Lando Carizian. Fair enough. Cool. Tyler. I'm going with, with Yoda. Frank Oz is Yoda. <clears throat> I think that, um, you, you touched on it earlier, Anthony, the entrance that he has when he's just talking shit right out the start <laughs> and rooting through <laughs> Luke's things and throwing things around and banging an R2 with the stick. And and the laugh, it just um, like you said, I I laugh out loud every single time I watch that scene, and uh, he's well, he's one of my three favorite characters. It's probably Luke, Vader, and and Yoda. Well, maybe Han too. Anyway, he's up there as my favorite, one of my favorite Star Wars characters. I know I'm not unique in saying that, but I love that guy. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I, either answer is right. Right? There's no there's no wrong answer. No, Rob, uh, Yoda total screen time. 
yeah. Empire Strikes Back is 12 minutes and 30 seconds. Get out. No kidding. Lando. Yeah. Landau. Lando. Landau. Nine minutes, 15 seconds. Oh, all right. Huh. All right. I'm R2-D2, shocked that Yoda is that 15. low. Me too. Admiral Piet, two minutes, 15 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> also and doing a lot. it's all downhill from there. Yeah, all downhill from there. Yeah. Ken Colley. His only other Ooh. credit, plenty of credits, but the only notable credit is he plays Jesus Christ in the life of Brian. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, Rob. Uh, sorry. Sorry. Uh, my who did the most with the least is James Earl Jones. Sure. Uh, it's a, this is a stacked category. Like any of these three for me, or any of these four, excuse me, would have been would have been the right answer. James Earl Jones, um, because obviously he's not. He's just giving you the voice of Vader. He's not actually on set. He's not in the costume, anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, if you take him out of it, I would have to say for me, it's Yoda. Even though watching it this time, I was more drawn to Landau. Yep. I thought Billy D did such a good job. Um, but yeah, for me, it's it's got to be it's got to be James Earl. All right. So does this still hold up? So these are things that you know might not hold up on second third watching of this movie or you know 40 years later there's not really anything from the original movie that doesn't hold up to me it's all stuff from the special edition yeah. which is now the only edition we get um bubba fett's voice is terrible <laughs> it's fucking atrocious <laughs> in this movie it's not what's his name jason Win- wingreen jason wingreen who is the original voice um, much more understated, mm-hmm. subtle, almost more menacing feeling, sure. even though he only has like three or four lines, but he has the great line, uh, you know, he's no good to me dead. Yeah. Yeah. And it just doesn't work now. It doesn't work anymore to me. No. And it's, it's very like, as you're saying, it's very subtle as he does it and very whimsical as it goes. And the newer version of it, it like, it takes you out of it immediately. It just doesn't fit what's going on there. No, I'm, I'm a hundred percent with yeah. you. Um, and then overall, I think the edits that George Lucas has done to the movie don't all hold up really well. This is the least jarring of the original trilogy, though, edits. Because you have some edits in A New Hope, specifically when they're going into Mos Eisley, sure. and some of the effects that look terrible, and they look like 90s effects, and they're almost slapsticky, <laughs> like the Jawas falling off the uh, whatever. It's not a dewback. I forget what the what the, the animal is. And then there's nothing worse than the the addition to the Jabba Palace right. in yeah. Return of the Jedi. Like literally nothing. In, I would rather watch Jar Jar Binks than that. <laughs> it's fucking atrocious. Um, so this is the least jarring to me. But still, some of the edits, not a huge fan of. But I'll watch it. It doesn't take me completely out of the movie. Rob, do you have anything for this category? No, I'm good. <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm good right here. All right, Tyler. Uh <clears throat> I'm going to say that uh, Luke's haircut and Han's haircut, <laughs> that's the only thing, Rob, you alluded to it a bit earlier, a couple yeah. of haircuts. They they don't. It's the one thing that m- makes this movie feel dated to me. So. Yeah. Han's haircut isn't as bad as Luke's to me. Sure. Yeah. But they're both not nearly as bad as both of their haircuts in, in Jedi. <laughs> right. <laughs> Somehow Harrison Ford looks like he's aged a hundred years between the two. <laughs> and then uh, Luke has like the complete bowl cut in Jedi. Right. Where in this, with this one, it's a little more like, 
wavy. It looks like a little more seventies, even though I know this was you know eighty. Yeah. Where in 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 Jedi, it just it's it's real bad, real bad. Rob, I actually wanted to I wanted to ask a question about Luke specifically. Of course. Is there a cooler looking version of Luke Skywalker in any of the movies than Bespin Luke? It's a great question. Um, the the only Luke that comes close is Return of the Jedi Luke post being electrified mm-hmm. by the Emperor on the Death Star. So he's got the black outfit on, and then he's got that last little kind of collar bit that's kind of bent over, and you got that little right. bit of gray right there. But Bespin Luke pretty consistently is my favorite Luke look. I couldn't agree with you more. Luke with the black glove and the the chest piece yep. like falling over is a good, good look. Yep. Like super cool. Um, especially Jabba Palace Luke with the cloak yeah. is pretty mm-hmm. strong too. Yeah. I just wish you didn't have the vest on. The vest is what throws me out on that one. The vest is a little odd. Yeah. And is the vest brown or is the vest black? The vest is brown. It. Well, let's see. What did I get online while I was watching the special edition? <laughs> I was I, say, which toy did you I have? get? The I had the gray one, but I took it out of the box like a lunatic. I actually have both versions, but both of them out of the box. What the hell did I know? But yep, <laughs> Tyler. I think Luke in Jabba's palace with the cloak and pretty much any any bit with him involving Jabba and that whole sequence is my favorite Luke look. Okay. So black, black on yep. black, yep. green lightsaber, yep. just ready to fuck shit up. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yep. <laughs> All right. So this still holds up. So obviously these are things that you watch the movie and you're just like, this still works even though it's 40 years old. I know we all said this is a perfect movie specifically for me. The original Yoda puppet still works. Yep. I know mm-hmm. at the beginning I said, hey, we know it's a puppet. But yeah, that's the charm of it, right? It still feels like a real flesh and blood character, even though we fucking know it's a puppet. Yeah. So that's a credit, I think, to obviously the puppeteers. And to Rob's point, the lighting, the visuals, making sure they're only, you know, they're only getting him from certain angles. Like it just works. Uh Harrison Ford. This is for me, this is this is it. Yeah, you know, I know before I've said it's Indiana Jones, but rewatching it right now, this is the Harrison Ford performance of all. And as I mentioned at the beginning, the visual effects, the visual effects being forty years old, still fucking work so so well in this movie. Surprising, right? Yeah, when you watch movies now and you're like, "Wow, that looks terrible." Like Aquaman. I know I talk about Aquaman, but that's the thing that comes right to mind, where it looks so bad. Mm -hmm. It looks so bad. I think Again, this I think works because of the practicality. I, yeah. Your your two most complicated scenes I think in this are the you know the the adats you know kind of walking yeah. in and that whole Hoth battle, which again holds up, and then the other one is the the asteroid chase, which again yeah. as I'm watching it today and maybe I'm not looking at it with that critical lens, which is absolutely a possibility, but like the asteroid chase still kind of holds up. So this movie holds up. And they had, I mean, there was a ton of things when they said, hey, you can't film special effects in snow. Right. <laughs> like, you can't hide the lines that we're going to have to create mm-hmm. in, you know, ad- in adding the special effects scenes, like, outside of the windows of the snow speeder. And they're like, no, we're just going to do it. We're going to do it better than it's ever been done. Yep. 
So like they did things. And also, Rob, I was watching something or I was reading something last night about this and I had never read it before that almost all of Lucas's, and again, this could be wrong, uh, all of George Lucas's ILM, because this was pre-ILM, right? They hadn't actually formed ILM. They did it for this movie. Sure. That they had all left to film Battlestar. Oh, really? <laughs> that I That's didn't what know. I read. I and, didn't know where and that, the that two. was part of the delay oh. in getting this done because he had to bring all of them, get them all back. <laughs> Which is hilarious. No, I did not know that. Yeah. yeah. Nice. And they have said, again, it's it's on the internet, so who knows if it's true, that because of that, George Lucas is not an over, uh, not a very big fan of Battlestar <laughs> because he feels like they've stolen, he's, they stole quite a bit of his ideas, and then obviously his crew. Sure. Yeah, I mean, the Battlestar TV effects for the 1980s, or excuse me, late 70s, 80s, was yeah. actually very good. Yeah. Well, it makes sense if they if they took all of ILM pre-ILM. Let me ask you a question, now that we're kind of talking about this stuff. So you yeah. have a Star Wars collection of stuff, just like stuff. You know, sometimes it's autographs, sometimes a, it's this, but stuff, right? Is that a question or is that? That's more of a statement that you need to agree okay. to, right? Sure. What is the sure. percentage of your Star Wars collection that is really Empire specific? If I am going to get something signed specifically by an actor, it is almost always from Empire. Hmm. hmm. Unless they were not in Empire. So assuming that they are all, you know, if they're all in all three movies or it's Lucas or it's any of the behind the scenes guys or anything, it's almost always Empire mm. with the exception of Leia because Leia, everybody tends to go to yeah, in the bathing bikini suit, Leia, sure. right? Right, because that's all of our yeah. our ideas as, as young men at that time. <laughs> that's our idea of Princess Leia. Um, but yeah, for the most part, although I say that, I like the look of Han Solo the best in A New Hope. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And his his blaster is the best looking in A New Hope. Yep. Um, but I like his look of the the vest and his whole look in A New Hope. And he's the coolest character ever in any movie besides Marty McFly to me in that movie. <laughs> no, I was, I was... What about you? I was Well, You're I was perusing the, the collection right before we started up. <laughs> And um, I'm at like, because again, because I collect shit, as you guys know. So I'm at like 60% Empire. And like, I wouldn't imagine. Yeah, I would imagine. And 20% A New Hope. Yeah. And like the the remainder is like Jedi and prequels and like sequels. So it's, yeah. you know, again, in my head, I, I we've talked about this a couple of times. When I think Star Wars, just kind of automatically always kind of go back to the look or the feel of this movie. Ty, are you in that same boat? Mm, not particularly, no. Mm, I can't say that I am. I, say that <laughs> I, think, I think Tyler has more of an affinity than he will say to Return of the Jedi. Hmm. I, yeah, and that's I was a bit hesitant to say that when who I'm talking that's to. Okay. But why? But I don't know yeah. because it's it's and I've acknowledged too that it's not that great of a movie. It's the one I definitely watched most uh, as a kid. Me too. Yeah, um, and I used to think it was really great, but I've just struggled with the realization as I've gotten older that it's <laughs> it's good, but it's not great. And sure. I 
know. Yeah, I think we talked about it. I, we've talked about it on multiple pods. That is certainly was my favorite as a kid. It's yeah. definitely the movie I watched the most as a kid from the trilogy. And it's still not bad. It just hits such a lull in the middle. Yeah. yeah. The beginning and the end, the first and third act are great. That's a good point. When they're on indoor and it's just Luke, or it's just Leia and Han, and they don't... they. It, they draw out this 40-minute indoor bullshit, with, which could have been 15 minutes. Sure. Mm-hmm. It just, it's its a rough look at that point. Yeah. But I don't think there's anything wrong with being like, that's your Star Wars movie that you think of because it's your youth. Yeah. And it, it has some of the most, Empire is really a, a simple story. And it doesn't have those massive, massive moments with the exception, I think, of the end and the beginning where Jedi even though not as good of a movie, might have more memorable big movie moments. The speeder bikes, sure. the Sarlacc pit, the end where they're, you know, the the final fight with Luke and Vader and that's coinciding with them blowing up the Death Star again. And I mean, don't sleep on how cool of a character the Emperor was, right? Yeah. Right. So I think that Jedi has a lot of really cool moments. Mm-hmm. It's just not as good of a movie, and it's certainly the performances are not nearly as good. Right. But the 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 Luke and Vader duel in Jedi, you know, as much as I love the Empire one, there's a lot to be said about that one too, because there's a lot so much more going on there than just action and kind of like visually there. It, there's a certain feeling that's happening with all that stuff. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, Jedi has a very special place. Unfortunately, Harrison Jedi, Ford is not really kind yeah, of yeah. Delivering, and I don't think I don't think Carrie Fisher's nearly as good in that movie as she is in Empire. Yeah. the The battle, the final fight between Luke and Vader in Jedi, might be a better fight than Empire. Empire is shot more beautifully, yeah. sure, and you have the big reveal. But the 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 internal struggle that Luke is going through, and essentially mentally fighting with the with the emperor and physically fighting with vader is something you don't get in in empire sure and again there's that soundtrack so. very specifically the soundtrack yeah. of what's going on during that duel that makes it so significant but then you got fucking num num or whatever his name is num num in jedi who you're just like i'm good who the hell is num num what's the dude who's flying with with, with lando niem nub <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, num num, dude. <laughs> that guy, yes, that guy. Yeah, he's the worst. Uh... He's the fucking worst. <laughs> but you don't have Admiral Akbar in Empire, so point. Yeah. To Return of the Jedi. True. When are we going to do the Jedi one? Four uh, years from now. I don't know. Right. We'll see. We got to do a New Hope first, probably. Oh shit! Yeah, we do. Yeah. Would this move? Would this movie be better if Gary Oldman was in it? And if so, who would he play? No. No, no, it wouldn't. Absolutely, oh. it would not be better. Oh, oh, Rob. Oh, yeah. Let's hear it. I had him as Admiral Piet. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're British, <laughs> and that would put him into Jedi as well. You know, there's a certain understatement to uh, Ken Kali as Admiral Piet, but, you know. Yeah, but Oldman has never done anything understated besides <laughs> Commissioner Gordon. Sure. Ever. Yeah, this might have been it. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler. No, I was trying to figure out some place to put him. I thought maybe Boba Fett because he couldn't possibly be nice. any worse, but he would just be a wasted. His talent would be wasted with such <laughs> small role. Yeah. 
Uh, I also wondered about Lando, but of course he wouldn't be able to pull off that charm and smoothness mm-hmm. and Lando does it so well. I'm just, I mean, yeah. I was <laughs> grasping at straws and there's could no have been place Lobot. to really logically. He could have been <laughs> Lobot. He could have been Billy D. Williams, uh, uh, sidekick. Right. His little computer headed guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I couldn't put him in anywhere. It was an instant no for me. Mm-hmm. That's going to be no for me, dog. Okay. Um, most memorable line. Oh. I got a lot. Yeah. A lot. I got a lot. Yeah. So just bear with me. I think there's eight. Rob, Well, do you want to go? Tyler. Because I imagine I've got one, two, three, <laughs> four, five, six, seven, eight, eight. Well, you just want to go round robin? I, well, you should go round robin on this one. All right. Ty, how do you so feel So I'll go that? first. Perfect. I'll go, that's fine. Okay. I'll go first. Cool. Rob second. Tyler third. Cool. I love you. I know. Yes. <laughs> yes. Tyler, did you know that Harrison Ford ad-libbed that, that line? No, but it was such a weird flex, and I loved it. Uh, I lo- it's just, uh, it's incredible. So the story goes, Irvin Kirshner, it was written, I love you, I love you. Mm-hmm. And he delivered it multiple times, and it never felt right. So Kirshner just said, hey, say it how you think it should be said. <laughs> Not saying, like, say something different, but he's just like, go with it. Yeah. And that's what, that's what Harrison Ford get, hit him with. Amazing. Super, the best flex in the world. Yeah. Yep. The, the most flex, the best flex of all time. <laughs> yeah. All right, Bobby, what do you got? All right, I'll just get the obvious one out of the way so that way we can kind of hit the other ones. But of co- it's going to be Darth Vader. No, I am your father. That's the most yeah. memorable, bond. Yeah. M- memorable line. Is that the that most part. misquoted line of all time? What, without yes, a doubt in my mind. What do people usually say? Luke, I am your father. Mm-hmm. And what's exactly. what's funny is I have an autograph from James Old Jones that says, "Luke, I am your father." <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> uh, but no. Tyler, what do you got? I'm going with laugh it up, fuzzball. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, so I have the next line to that. I just assume kiss a woman. I can arrange that. <laughs> he could use a good kiss. <laughs> Bobby, uh, I've got uh, I also within the same scenes. Leia, I don't know where you get your delusions, laser brain. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, another Leia line. Captain, being held by you isn't quite enough to get me excited. It's <laughs> a sick burn, right? He there. thinks it is, though. Yeah, it is. Well, yeah. All right, I'm just gonna throw it out there because one of you numb nuts is gonna do sure. it. Do or do not. Oh, there is no try. Love it. Great line, Bobby. I'm going to hit you with, uh, would it help if I got out and pushed? <laughs> <laughs> Such a great line. And I got to imagine Carrie Fisher would actually say that. Uh-huh. <laughs> Tyler? Um, my, one of my, the do or do not is my, well, one of my favorite Yoda lines, but I love the way he delivers and the, the gravity and just the, like fuck you well not fuck you but anyway when he says that is why you fail mm-hmm. it's just oh, it. like cuts to the core I mean you could really put every Yoda line in yeah. there, sure. right yeah. one of my favorite low key lines and it's w- up there with do you need me to get out and push or would it help if I pushed is having trouble with your droids <laughs> when fucking Landau comes in and he sees C-3PO in pieces <laughs> He's simultaneously trying to talk to Han, flirting with Leia, and then he looks at, <laughs> he looks at C-3PO in pieces, and he's like, having trouble with your droids. <laughs> and then out of left field to fucking just kill it, 
<laughs> Harrison Ford's like, no, why would you say that? Or something to that effect. It is the best. Simply like one of my favorite moments. That's great. Rob? I'm going to hit you with um, adventure, excitement, a Jedi craves not these things. Mm. Also a silent Bob line from Mallrats. <laughs> Tyler? <clears throat> I'm going with what is thy bidding, my master? Nice. Oh, Great. man. What a good so one. Yeah. Good. I'm not afraid. You will be. Nice. Oh, you will man. be. And it's strictly because of how they they that puppet at that point looks so like trying to explain to him how fucked he yep. is. Yeah. <laughs> and they do it such a good job with the eyes specifically. Yep. You will Bobby. be. All right. Here's my, here's my last one that I've got. It is Lando. Hello, what have we here? <laughs> and I Crazy wish I could give it as good as Billy D does it, but that's the line. Yeah. You truly belong in the clouds, that's right? right? No. Or something like that. What a fucking amazing character. Oh. Tyler? Um, the line where Han slices open the tauntaun with the saber and oh, says, yeah. and I thought they smelled bad on the outside. I have one more. Nobody really said this. Yeah. That boy is our last hope. No, there is yeah. another. Oh, like, yeah. That line does not get enough, like, holy fuck yeah. moment in this movie. True. Yeah. And then it never it never amounts to anything. Like, cool, yeah, Leia, Leia is also force, force sensitive. Doesn't matter. Like, cool. Doesn't do anything. <laughs> cool, yeah. We're not going to expand on that ever. <laughs> I mean, the, the most they Johnson. expanded on it was in um, The Rise of Skywalker, apparently. True. Well, it does. It does give Vader his his trump card at the end of Jedi to get Luke to lose his shit, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah. But besides that, it's just like they never. They that is such a wasted moment to me, of never even expanding on it at all. They don't ever even really tell her that she's force sensitive, with the exception of hinting at it at the end of this movie. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, Tyler, you got any more? That's it. The Samwise Gamgee Award for Biggest Wet Blanket. <laughs> I got C-3PO. I got Admiral Ozzel. Oh. Who is just a dick. Oh. Like, he's a dick. He's the one who's like, eh, they're not on this ah, planet. We have thousands eh, we don't need of to listen to you. <laughs> yeah, and Vader's like, nah, dude, they're on this fucking planet. And the look that Admiral Ozzel gives to, what, Piet? Yeah. yeah. Is just like, bro, you're the worst. You're the worst kind of boss. <laughs> like, get fucked. Um, but the real wet blanket of the whole Star Wars trilogy, original trilogy, is the ghost of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Ooh. Ooh. Like, what a sad sack of shit. You're not helping <laughs> at all, dude. You're not fucking doing nothing. You're complaining. You're not helping. You're not giving any guidance. You're just like, I'm not getting involved. I help create Darth Vader, but I'm not getting involved. Huh. I, I can't. I'm just not in. I'm not in for that. That's interesting. That's, that's interesting. Yeah, man, that's throwing shade. <laughs> Am I wrong? Yeah, I think you are. Yeah, I, I according How? to my pick, you're wrong. <laughs> um, I mean, you make a good point, but he's not the biggest <laughs> wet blanket. Here, here's my problem, Tyler. This is this is why I say that. He helps create Vader, right? We mm-hmm. don't know that really at this point, but we know there's some history with Vader, right? He pops in when it's when it's convenient. When it's convenient for him mm-hmm. to do, right? He comes to Yoda 
and Luke when they're training, but only as Luke is getting ready to leave. Mm. And then he tells him, like, hey, if you go try to get Vader, I'm not going to help you. But why? Why aren't you going to help? You haven't given me any reason. I'm trusting you on blind faith. You set Luke in motion to do all of these things, but you're not going to lend any guidance? Like, you don't—he's not giving him any assistance ever. He's just giving him enough to push him in the direction he needs him to. He's almost using him to me. Also, I think my problem with your statement is he's the biggest wet blanket of the trilogy, which is not true at all in A New Hope, if you ask me. He's the one who tells him to trust his instincts to sure. blow up the Death Star. He trains him initially. So, but yeah. I but mean, is he using him? Well, Luke wants it. Oh. Luke is, uh, Luke is, doesn't know <clears throat> who he is at that point, right? Right. Luke is a a conflicted young man who wants to get off of the planet by any means necessary. Mm -hmm. And Obi-Wan realizes that, obviously realizes who he is, and obviously now we're going to have a larger backstory, but we don't know that yet because the prequels haven't come out. He's he's putting him in motion because he can see all of these things in him, these, these I need to get off the planet. He can see all of these like teen angst things, mm -hmm. and he winds him up and sets him in a direction to do what he needs him to do. That's how I have always looked at Obi-Wan. Hmm. All right. You're, I mean, you're uh, you're not necessarily wrong, but uh, yeah, I don't know. That's something I, get you. I need to think about more. But brilliantly played by Alec Guinness. Sure. Yeah. Always. Especially in A New Hope. Yep. Bobby? The Samwise Gamgee Wet Blanket Award for The <laughs> Empire Strikes Back can go to literally nobody else. Other than Princess Leia Organa. Because oh, you man. need to prove to me at any point in the movie when she is positively thinking about <laughs> literally anything that is happening in the movie, she is constantly <laughs> like, oh my God, like, what about this? Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I don't want that. Like, how about you? Like, oh my God. Like, she is constantly complaining and angry about everything. Even in the kind of like in moments of hope of like true leadership that she could kind of like pull some shit together, like yeah. Princess Leia does not deliver in Empire Strikes Back. So she is well, I mean, to be, the wet blanket. To be fair, she's got the ultimate fuckboy trying to push up on her 24 7. <laughs> Fine. True. That does not make her not a wet blanket. That's true. And then you go to potentially the second biggest fuckboy of all time in Lando. <laughs> So she's got dudes trying to like smash on her twenty four well, seven, the... and she's just trying to lead a re resistance. <laughs> but she's the only, she the only, yeah, she's the only female character in Pretty those much. movies. So like, she's yeah, that's what she's going to be dealing with. <laughs> I got you. I'm just saying. I don't disagree with you, but I'm just saying. Got you. What a great female character she is, though. Like, what a great character they wrote. Yeah. Yeah. For Princess because Leia. it's so much maybe her. like maybe all of these characters yeah. are so much the actors that's what made it work it was great casting I don't know that it's so much her in the first one but in this one for sure I see Carrie Fisher sure. like the whole time and it's just I she's one of my all-time favorite f heroines I think yeah Tyler I have been successfully convinced by Rob Leonard and I am switching <laughs> my pick <laughs> To Princess Leia, because he is absolutely right. 
Yeah. I, I was going to say Boba Fett because fuck that guy. He's just trying <laughs> to fuck that guy. Yeah, dragging Han back to Jabba and just ruining things. Not really earning it. For sure. Yeah. Speaking of Boba Fett, let's just dive in right yeah. now. Most overhyped character in Star Wars of all time. Yes or no, Bobby? You can't argue against it. You can't argue against it. Of course it is. He is the most popular, but the most underused or underimportant character. They tried to make him something in the prequels. It's just that nobody cared. So, yeah, absolutely. No, not at all. Tyler? Yeah. I, I don't know the character list as deeply and as intimately as you two do, but there's nobody else who comes to mind. So... And, and and Anthony, I remember you and I looking around Target in Tucson or when I visited you in California after you moved back. We looked for that figure and we found it. And so I just always had in my mind, this is this amazing, awesome character. But yeah, the more, yeah. more I hear people talking about it and the more I realize it myself, he really does nothing. And he dies. He has this very unceremonious death in, in Jedi, really. So, well... He does. I got news for you, buddy. He doesn't really die in Jedi. Uh, All right. Well, and we'll you'll we'll see in Mandalorian season two. Oh. Okay. Um, I think the fact that you have a very successful show that takes the same look of Boba Fett and mm. makes him kind of an afterthought now. Now the Mandalorian is, I think, the most popular Mandalorian. Yeah. Uh, says it all, right? You just that suit is so badass yep. that that's what you think of. Bobby, he's coming back in the show, right? I mean, the timeline is right, so they don't even have to pull him out of the Sarlacc. Do they have to pull him out? Of the- oh, shit, yeah, they do. Because that's happening right well, after Jedi, already- isn't it? Yeah, the the movie, the show would be after oh, Jedi. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're pulling him out of the Sarlacc. They've been, they've been teasing yeah. it for years. Yeah, absolutely. How could you All not? Right, movie real estate. Exactly. Yeah. Movie real estate, best place to live. Bespin? I mean, Bestman's going to be the winner. Yeah. The Millennium Falcon. Eh. Yeah. Hoth. Yeah. Super cold. Yeah. I mean, animals are just dying. <clears throat> Inside a space slug. I'm good. <laughs> Yoda's hut. Yeah. And my personal favorite, Inside a Wampa. <laughs> <laughs> Inside a Tauntaun. Excuse me. Inside a Tauntaun. Oh, yeah. Son of a bitch. <laughs> You're right. Um, I'm going Bespin because it looks lovely. Yes. And there is no Empire um, interference, it looks like. Until, Up to that point, sure. You know, until there has to be. Until Bubba Fett tells them that's where they are, that son of a bitch. Yep. Bobby, yeah. do you have any you would like to No, have? I'm going Bespin. I'm going Bespin all the way. I'll, I'll even go a little bit more specific. I'm living in whatever kind of room they put Han and Leia in right before mm-hmm. they got captured by the Empire. It has beautiful yep. lighting, a wonderful view. Yeah. Like That's where I want to live. <laughs> Panoramic views. Everything is circular. It's very nice. Looks pretty nice. They look like they're pretty open mind. (laughs) Like the equality looks pretty good there. Mm -hmm. The diversity. Lots of ice cream. I'm in. There's the dude with the ice cream maker. (laughs) Tyler does not know who we're talking about. (laughs) Nope. I'm going to Google it later though. Tyler, who do you got? Yeah, I'm going with Rob's exact answer. That little guest suite that they have there with the great window views. It's perfect. The Millennium Falcon might be kind of cool to live on, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe. But maybe. Yeah. I mean, but like, but you're still in a ship. Yeah, but like the yeah. solo version of the Millennium Falcon is way yes. 
less like you're going to get a disease as opposed to the Empire Strikes Back version of it. Uh-huh. Yeah, but you have potentially Lando Calrissian always trying to fuck you. Yeah, well, there is that. Like not 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 figuratively, literally. <laughs> like the dude is trying to fuck a droid in the movie. <laughs> so it's not a lo- it's not a, a big leap to say he might try to fuck you as well. Yeah, well, there's that. And he has a lot of capes. And Billy D is a very handsome man. Billy D is a handsome man. Yeah. Donald Glover also sure. a handsome man. The ice cream guy right. is Wilrow Hood. All right, what do you wish there was more of? I only have one thing, and I want to see more La- uh, Landau and Han together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not too much, not too much, but I think that the chemistry between Billy D and Harrison works, and I, I want to see. And I guess, obviously, we got that in Solo. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Wasn't as good, obviously. I think that's because of the actors and who was writing it. Sure. Uh, but I'd like to see just a little more, a little more in this. Bobby? I got to be honest, and I don't think, you know, this sounds like a very kind of like easy answer, or not an easy answer, but like a whatever, not thought out answer, but I did actually put a lot of thought into this. I don't want anything. Like, this is a very long movie. Like, I remember as a kid, this was a super long movie. And at this point, there's there's very little, if nothing, that I would want in this thing that I've ever kind of like longed for. So... Sure. You know, of we call it a perfect movie. I think this movie doesn't really need anything else. Yeah, having said that, I mean the editing is pretty rock solid on this as sure. well. So there's not a ton you would want to edit out. Right. Tyler, I think the same. I don't. I after thinking for a while, I would not add anything more to it. I went back to what you say often, Anthony. If you add more of something that you love, or is it not as special anymore? I wonder sure. that same thing with Yoda and with Darth Vader. I think it's just the perfect amount of everything, so I'm good. Yeah, I think about that a little bit as well with, with Lando and Han, even though I said I wanted that. Like, part of the the mystique of it is something did happen between mm-hmm. them, and they don't talk about it. They allude to it. And if they do talk about it, is it not going to lead – is it not going to measure up to what you already think it is? Yeah. So I'm with you. There's a point of that. Yeah. But, you know, a few. I think a few more minutes of them together would be good. Can I ask you just a very simple question? Course. And forgive me, but I am mocked constantly in our relationship for how I say Florida. Like I just, I, I live with it. Like I got it. And but I say Landau weird. You say Landau, like Martin Landau. Like it's not Landau. <laughs> like you're consistently saying Landau, but it's I'm, not I'm, an I'm out. It's a Lando. It. So I'm conscious of it. So why are you saying Landau instead of Lando? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, it's just that's happening. Just, I mean. That yeah, is a it's, why does why Florida does Tyler versus... say Sandra Bullock? Like it's just we all have our little weird things. Right? <laughs> no one would say Sandra Bullock. No, Bullock, Bullock, Bullock. And I'm not saying it because of my accent. I'm saying it because I say that weird that word weird. Like Beth says, Comic Con, Comic Con, Comic Con. You say Florida weird because you're fucking from New York, <laughs> Florida. <laughs> Florida. Yeah. Now, here's what's funny. Like, the locals, like the people who grew up, like, in two minutes away from where I live, they're all saying floor, like, as in the Florida. Right. So I have to point to Florida, but it's Florida. <laughs> I think in this, in, in Star Wars specifically, like, people say Han, people say Han. Yeah. yeah. Sure, sure. People say Boba Fett, people said Bubba Fett. Mm. The, so I think that they're yeah, Millennium Falcon, Millennium Falcon. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Go. So All I right. say Landau. I should be saying Lando. You should. Yeah. I apologize. Yeah. Lando. But is it Boba Fett or Bubba Fett? 
It's Boba Because Fett. it said, but it said both ways in the movie. Boba. Han Solo's Boba Fett when it's supposed to be Boba Fett. Well, it's debatable. And Han, when he's talking to, is he talking to Luke? When he says Bubba Fett at, in Return of the Jedi, yeah. when he's blind, he yeah. says Bubba over, over, over and over. He's like saying over. Times. He's saying it to Chewbacca. But if we yeah. look to Episode Two, Attack of the Clones, um, Tim Morrison, who named Boba Fett, says Boba. So it's got to be. No, Boba I get Fett. you. I'm just yeah. saying. But we all have our little. I guess. Yes, I say it incorrectly. I will try to be more conscious of it. But <laughs> oh, we make nice. fun Thank of you, you because of your accent. Oh well, there's that. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Just just question. Sorry. I hear you. So not Martin Landau. Not Martin Landau. Landau. Martin Lando. Martin Lando. Martin Lando. (laughs) 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 Oh, fuck. Okay, the best. So is this the best that these people or things have ever been? Is Empire the top of the mountain, so to speak, for them? So Harrison Ford. Bobby? Uh, no, I, I will hold true to what I said. I think during the Harrison Ford pod, Raiders is going to be the best that Harrison Ford's got. Okay. Tyler. Same. It's as in Raiders. I think, as I mentioned, I I flip flopped on this because I think I said the same thing in the uh, Harrison Ford pod. I think this is the best he's been. And I think it's a little bit of kind of the Beatles thing where he's not. He's batting a thousand mm-hmm. because yeah. he's not asked to carry the whole movie. Where in in indie, he's asked to obviously carry the whole movie. So he's just like every single line on this movie is on point. Yeah. Everything he's doing works perfectly. Uh, Mark Hamill, Rob. Yeah, this is the best Mark Hamill's got. This is this is what we got. Tyler. Yep, uh, I don't think it's even really a question. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is this as well. The only thing I would say is, I mean, when he's the Joker in yep. the in the Batman animated series, sure. it's it's right up there as the best Joker. But that's his voice. I think it's I think it's this for sure. sure. Uh, Rob Carrie Fisher. No, I think Carrie Fisher goes to A New Hope. I think her performance in A New Hope is better than this one. I think she's got a great moments in this, but I still think she's stronger there. Her accent, her. Her mm. in and out accent in yeah. that movie fucks me up. Yeah, though. that's the problem. Yeah, um, but I think as a youth, her most iconic Carrie Fisher was the bikini, and yeah. maybe again that's because I'm a male, and that's what I thought. At oh that my god, point. that's what's but hanging I, on the wall. <laughs> sure, but I think that her the white outfit from A New Hope is the most iconic. Yes, Tyler, I am going this for her. I think that yeah, she has she's the wet blanket. Thanks to Rob for convincing me of that. But I, I just really <laughs> like her the most in this movie. And if it's not this, I really loved her in The Burbs. <laughs> I absolutely think it's this. I think followed c- closely by uh, Jedi. I think she's mm-hmm. she's the strongest out of the group in Jedi. Yeah. And I think she's given the most to do in Jedi, mm-hmm. more than she's ever had to do in the other two movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think she's the best in this. Bobby, Frank Oz, who has had an interesting career, sure. both as an actor and as a director. Yeah. That's a, that's, it's an incredibly difficult question. Um, because if you want to look at his contribution, I mean, it's a good debate. Like, wh- where is his contribution in the Muppets or to Star Wars? And I think if we reflect from his perspective, he would rather it be like from the Muppets or even the Muppet movie kind of making sure that that sure. movie got made over uh, Star Wars like any day. 
I think even in person he would kind of prefer that. Um, but I think is Yoda the best he's ever been? No, I really don't. I think it's it's going to have to go to the Muppets. Mm, okay. Yeah. Tyler, I really enjoy some of the movies he directed. Like what yeah. about Bob? Dirty Rotten Scandals. I really liked. I haven't seen that in a while. But even things. Well, Death at a Funeral. That might be my favorite one of his. Um, I'm going to go Frank Oz as a director more than hmm. more more than Yoda here. Even though Yoda is flawless in this movie. Sure. I think it, this is a simple answer for me. I think it's Yoda, and I think that Yoda is the second most recognizable character in Star Wars yeah. behind Vader. Sure. True. And this character does not work. Now, obviously, it's the visual, the look of him. So you can give all the credit to Stuart for creating that. Yep. But the voice is so mm-hmm. much, so as iconic as the look. Yeah. And I don't think that it's even a comparison. I don't think there's a competition. It's this is his best performance. And Yoda's the best in this movie. And again, I think that he is the second most recognizable character in all of Star Wars. I think it's a very good point. Yep. And Chewie's right up there too. Sure. All right. Bobby. Yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. In general? In general. Oh, this is this is the movie to beat. There is no doubt in my mind. Without it, like there's not even a question. Every yeah. movie in the Star Wars universe is compared to Empire Strikes Back, and for good reason. It is the best Not that we've close. got. Not even close. Every movie attempts it. No movie has come close. Tyler? Yep, I echo that completely. And I have I love more and more A New Hope. I've always enjoyed Return of the Jedi. I like the new trilogy uh, quite a bit, but... This is the movie that everyone is measured up measured up against, and none really comes that close. Absolutely. And the last one, sci-fi in general, Rob. That that's a tougher question because it you know is, is this a true? I mean, it's a sci-fi movie, but is it the most sci-fi movie? I I don't even think I could give you an appropriate answer right now. Sure. But I could tell you that I would not in the sci-fi genre necessarily place this movie at the top i think that is the perfect answer because i do not find i do not think this movie is sci-fi yeah. tyler why don't you think it's sci-fi it's so much more than sci-fi yeah but it, i think but it is also this, sci-fi yeah let me give you a reason okay. i think that this movie specifically i'm not talking about star wars as a whole but this movie specifically the reason it is my favorite movie of all time is not because it is sci-fi. Sure. It is because of the humor, the human interactions, the relationships that it builds, the story arc, the character arc. And I don't think, I think it is set in space, mm-hmm. but it does not fall into the same sci-fi tropes. Okay. That's a good answer. Yeah. Um, so for me, yeah, it's, I, if I have to say it's sci-fi, yeah, obviously it's my favorite movie of all time. It's going to be the best sci-fi movie. But to Rob's point, there are so many more movies that are sci-fi mm-hmm. that are like Blade Runner yep. yeah. that are way more sci-fi sure. than this. Which sounds ridiculous because this is a fucking movie set in space yeah. with aliens. Yep. Nope. All right. So I got a couple more questions. Whose movie is this? Ooh. So I have five people. You guys can add if you'd like. I have Yoda, Darth Vader, Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, or Landau. Martin Landau. Lando. <laughs> Rob? 
It Do is. You have anybody you would like to add? No, 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 no. It is okay. Luke Skywalker's movie, immediately followed by Darth Vader. Okay. It is their movie. Is a better way to put it. Tyler, you're when you pair them that way. I I agree with that. But I think this is Han Solo's movie, and this is the question that you know a question I hadn't asked myself before watching it for this pod but i think the movie starts with han and leia and their little lovers quarrel he saves luke he's the one navigating everybody out of trouble he's the center of attention on cloud city Uh, the majority of the time there i know of course culminates with the best part of the movie and the most memorable part of the movie but upon viewing the other week i think this is han solo's movie oh Tyler, I'm so happy you said everything you just said. Oh, good. <laughs> the movie starts with Han Solo, mm-hmm. and the movie ends with them looking for Han Solo. Yeah. This is Han's movie. Yeah. Hmm. Vader is in every movie. Vader's Vader and Luke's movie is Jedi. Luke specifically's movie is A New Hope. Oh. This is Han's movie. I want you That's to just, ar- I mean, argue against it, Rob. I want to hear your argument. I mean, you made a good case for for Luke and Vader, but I, it's it and I very unfortunately, um, I it, this uh, I let me ask you this, Rob. Sure. Before you start, yeah. let me just say we love this movie. It is a better movie than Return of the Jedi. Sure, the climax between Vader and Luke is better in Jedi. So that would huh. make that their movie, in my opinion. They are constantly that movie from start to finish. Yeah, there's is... more at stake at that movie. Um, oh, I mean, it's a good question. Again, my my gut, as I remember it, as I love it, as I know it, as I kind of reflect on it, um, you know, it's it. You're right. I mean, it is Empire. I see them together. I see that battle. I see that struggle. It's more at stake in in Jedi. Um, I, like, I get what you're saying, Ty, as far as Han Solo is kind of in this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just he's... I, I love Harrison Ford. We know this. I yeah. love Han Solo. <laughs> we know this. But he is always the secondary character. He's always the third of the bunch. It's Luke, Leia, and Han. So, like, that's... That's where I'm kind of like, that's where I'm yeah. at. So yeah. I, d- I don't have a good argument to kind of back it up other than what is my like gut. Mm-hmm. That's my gut. I'll take that. There's no, I mean, there's no wrong answer, right? Sure. It's all what you think. I'm with Tyler. For once. I know it might be, fuck, it might be the only time. <laughs> all right. I have two more questions, gentlemen. Hit me with it. Is Empire Strikes Back the best sequel of all time? Tyler. Yeah, and I don't know what could be a second place contender here. There's only two. There's only two. I'm Godfather. Godfather. I take that back. There's there's potentially four greatest sequels in my eyes. I, I'm now remembering it's, Godfather. Um, yep. It's Godfather 2. Yep. It's Aliens. Oh, sure. It's Terminator 2. Oh, God, oh, yeah, okay. Also, all the great And it's points. Empire Strikes Back. Yep. Those are some good sequels. Gosh, dang. Um all, all better than potentially all better than the originals. <clears throat> yeah, I think that it is because there is so much. Not that there's n- not a lot happening in the others, 
but I don't know. I just love this one more. It's more culturally yeah, sure. relevant than any movie probably ever. So I, it's just, it's my answer for you. Yes, it is the best sequel ever. Bobby? I It's, you know, the, the closest one I've got, although you got great points with Terminator and Aliens, but the one that I kind of go to is Godfather. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I Godfather 1 is such a great movie. And Godfather 2 is such a great movie. But between Star Wars and Empire, as much as I love Star Wars, Empire will always have the deeper affection. So, again, sure. this this is, again, it comes from the gut. Empire is the, in my opinion, the best sequel that has been made. Even though, again, I think the, the box answer is Godfather, as it should be, but Empire for me. So I look at it very similar to how you just how you just did, Rob. Um, Empire and A New Hope, although I love A New Hope, there is a bigger gap between the two for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Godfather and Godfather 2, there is not such not as large of a gap. I enjoy Godfather 2 more than 1, but they are damn near close. Yeah. They're, they're almost perfect. Um, Alien and Aliens are just two completely different movies, right. so it's difficult for me to say that. Sure. Um, one is almost like a like a monster movie, and then one is an action movie. Yep. Terminator and Terminator Two is really where you see the difference. Yeah. Terminator Two is so much more, so much superior to Terminator One. Yep. Everything, everything is dialed up. It's more interesting. It's better acting. It's better dialogue. It's a better story. It's everything. But you you can't get to two without one. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You have your, your, but you can say that with all of them, right? Sure. Sure. Okay. Last question. We end all the pods like this, all of the movie discussion pods. Rob, yeah. Empire Strikes Back, 94% critics, 97% audience, underrated, overrated, properly rated. It is... I think in a very, you know, if I was the, and I am, a giant Star Wars nerd, any number less than 100 (laughs) would be unacceptable. But I also live in a world that, like, in reality, um, and I also am very aware of my biases and my, like, demographic, like, all of that stuff comes into play if we're really to judge this movie appropriately and again i don't think honestly and i love the two of you and respect your opinions and all of that that comes along with it but the three of us are not in a position to really give this movie the real criticism it may you know require Mm -hmm. um especially now like we don't have the ability to do it so with those numbers, I feel like it's very appropriately rated. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's very much in the same vein of Citizen Kane. And, um, you know, you watch that movie, and I've seen it a lot because I've taught it. <laughs> and it's like, it is, it is a good movie. It, there's a lot of layers to it. Like, it is an important movie. But like, fuck, is it boring? <laughs> and is it, you know, it, if I kind of reflected, I'm like, yes, it's important, but it's not hit my top 10. So it's it it's it considering on our age or demographic where this movie kind of came into our lives. It's hard for us to kind of make that distinction. 
So based on my own biases and my own opinion, it is very appropriately related according to me. Tyler? I am on the same wavelength. I think if we're all saying this is a flawless movie, any score under 100 is unacceptable. But you can't really quibble about 94 or 97%. So I'll say it's properly rated. This movie is underrated because it doesn't have 100%. <laughs> so you just proved that you are the nerdier of the two of us. <laughs> no, I think that I can... I, I, I think that I have the ability to be critical of things I still like. Sure. And this movie is incredibly hard to be critical of. Yeah. Is this movie as well acted as The Godfather? No, but it's not The Godfather. Right. It's not asked to do that, but it doesn't take away from it still being a perfect movie. Um, is this movie Shawshank Redemption? No, but again, it's not asked to be that. Mm-hmm. The fact that when we did our IMDb top 100 Top 250 films. Tyler, this was, I believe, 14. There is not 14 movies that are better than this or more culturally important than Empire Strikes Back. There's just not. Nope. Not even close. When I see lists of people who will put these fucking crazy people that would say Force Awakens was their best, the best Star Wars movie Mm -hmm of all Star Wars movies or say that it was as good as Empire. Like, absolutely not. So this movie is underrated for those reasons. <laughs> it is one spot behind your favorite movie, Inception, on the IMDb oh. two, Top 250. I don't want to end the podcast like this, Tyler. <laughs> yeah, let's not get into Leo right now. <laughs> I don't want to. Look, Leo aside, man, I, it, we can all agree that this is a better movie than Inception. Yes, true. Yes, we can. That we can absolutely do. <laughs> so, Leo, not Leo. It doesn't matter. This is better. Than I that. watched Django for you last week, and you know what the worst part of that fucking movie is? <laughs> not, not Leo. Fucking Leo. <laughs> no, that's we're not doing All right. this. All right, we're not. All right, we're not doing All this. Right. We're three hours in. All right, we're not. We're not, <laughs> we're not talking about Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, gentlemen. I've wanted to do this movie. It was one of the first movies I wanted to do, obviously. It's a movie that I was incredibly intimidated to do because um, I didn't think I would be able to speak about it in the way it needs to be spoken about. I say Lando, not Lando. (laughs) Um, So I very much appreciate both of you guys being on because you helped me get over that. And it was a fun conversation with two friends who I know enjoyed it as much as I do. I still don't think we did it. It's justice. I don't think anybody could. But I think we did a pretty damn good job. Pretty great. I'll tell you what. The three of us have banged out some serious movies between this, Raiders, and Jaws. Like, shit. Well, Tyler wasn't on Jaws, so calm down. That was you, just me and you, buddy. Was it really? I thought Tyler was on that one. Me, you, and Owen. Oh, fuck yeah, yeah, it was. That's right, Owen, yeah. But we did Raiders. And I would imagine there's going to be, you know, there might be uh, some two towers between Ooh. the two, the three of us oh. coming up. Maybe uh, some other stuff as well. Maybe a little Last Crusade. Mm. Uh, there's probably going to be some stuff. Gentlemen, I appreciate it. Thank you for being on. Um, and we will do it again soon, okay? All right. Cool. All right, everyone. That is the Empire Strikes Back podcast, uh, episode 150 for the Morning Geekdom podcast. Bit of a milestone. Uh, pretty excited to do this this movie 
finally um, pretty nervous to do it, but I think it I think it turned out well. Uh, hope everyone enjoyed it. Thanks to Rob and Tyler for putting up with me and being on this one. Definitely give us a five-star review if you enjoyed the podcast. Tell somebody about it. Tell all of your friends about it. Helps us grow. Uh, rate, review, subscribe on any of the platforms you're listening to us on. Give us a follow on Instagram at The Morning Geekdom, Facebook and Twitter at Morning Geekdom. And we will do it again next week. Shout out to Gary Oldman.